Algar Productions. Hi, friends. For the last time, friends, hi. Here it is. The last yep. one. Ten years in the making. Twelve years uh, in the making. I don't know what we should count. I was thinking about this because... We have been doing this show mm -hmm. since uh, 2010, but we also haven't done this show for like a year. So, call so it 10 years 10 feels right years. because it's been 11, but we, we, took, we took the whole last We took year a off. year off because we were tired. Well, we're doing another show. We're still weekly reviewing mm -hmm. another television show. Also, let's be real. That whole last year was very tiring. Well, for everyone. Uh -huh. I don't know anyone who got through all of that and we're still going through it by the way. Uh -huh. just because the calendar change don't don't mean nothing it kind of felt like it should have though you know yeah I woke up but on I january anyone... first and i sort of looked around and went really still uh-huh i don't know anyone who who like has gone through all that and said ah, you know what that was fine that was a real I've walk in the years. park i think i'm ready for yeah, another nope. pandemic thanks nope yeah uh but and we will mention this again i'm sure mm -hmm. but for those of you who don't know we are doing a different podcast now yes we had promised this for years and we finally pulled the trigger on it mm -hmm. we were reviewing the entirety of bruce tim's dc animated universe we are well into batman the animated series we're about to wrap that up yeah. in a couple of months and move on to superman already yeah. so so if you haven't checked it out yet and you like batman check it out yeah. or if you like us yeah like the the highest praise we ever got on this show was i wasn't really into star trek but you guys made it sound fun so i checked it out so maybe the same thing applies. Cool. Maybe you'd be like, I never watched that cartoon, but you guys seem to have fun with it, so, all right. It's weird having that kind of power over people. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, Kids Love Batman, and it's kidslovebatman.com, mm -hmm. and it's on iTunes and all the other stuff, yeah. so if you want to check that out. And it's exactly the same format as this. Mm -hmm. Like, we do good thing, bad thing, we do a quote, we have all of the same guests that you have come to know and love on yep. this show. I say like, see you folks yeah. at the end. Yeah, I, I say uh, chums yep. instead of friends, but but apart from that, mm -hmm. everything's the same. So, okay, so we need to talk about why we are giving this up. Yes, this is a hard conversation to have because I don't want to be a dick mm -hmm. about this, and I also don't want to make any kind of unilateral decision. You and I talked about this a great a length, lot, yeah, and I don't want to say I'm unhappy, but I don't want like if you're still super into mm -hmm. it. I, we could talk about options because I don't, you know, but yeah. but the goal of this always has been mm -hmm. here's a thing we mostly love, but there's there's some shit, but we mostly love it, and it's fun for both of us. Yeah. And uh, this hasn't been fun for me for a while. Like oh, it had good it had some ups of time. Like I liked some of Discovery mm -hmm. season one and two. Yep, I liked a good chunk of Picard season one, but they both lost me mm -hmm. and. The last two shows that have dropped, Discovery Season 3 and, and Lower Decks, mm -hmm. I have not been into at all. Oh, I am so glad I haven't been reviewing Lower Decks. I don't know where the fuck I would start with that show. I think you dislike that one more than me. I, that might be true. I found it, like, uh, Devlin, our friend Devlin, who's been on the show mm -hmm. before, said uh, her her immediate quote when she saw the first episode or two was, like, it's aggressively fine. Yeah, I and she later that. amended that and said it got better, and she enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But initially, aggressively fine, and that—that's about how I feel mm. about it. It, for what it is, it should be such a home run for you and I. Yeah, like, like 
that's a show for us, right? Yeah, that's an easy like a, a, a funny Star Trek. Show. That's an easy win for Team yeah, Post Atomic like, Horror. It's like all your your Simpsony type shows, even even Family Guy, but maybe take the meanness away. Uh-huh. But, you know, the just the but you know, or Rick and Morty or whatever. Mm-hmm. But specifically tuned it dialed into star trek yeah. and doing like deep cut star trek stuff like yeah that's easy okay and that's my problem with it it's easy like everything they do is the lowest hanging fruit it's it's just the fr- everything feels like the first draft uh-huh. like to me they don't feel like they're trying at all i'm and i mean it might be because we're so into it at this point that it's like it could be we've been making star trek jokes for you know 10 years sure and just like all of it seems like all of the all of the stuff that they're doing is just like yeah we made that joke like ten years ago you know, but like but we I are just, in oh go ahead I just I think I hate it wow <laughs> like I think I angrily so I watched a couple episodes and then I watched some more episodes today to sort of prepare for uh... yeah because I I have some thoughts about discovery and and this and I wanted. To be like, I wanted to give one final impression mm-hmm. to to let people know. Okay, we did see these. Here are our thoughts. Yeah. So, but um, like, there's some stuff. There's a few things I like about it, but mostly it's just I aggressively don't like too many of the characters. Well, the main. I mean, there's more than one main character, but mm-hmm. what I consider the main character, uh-huh. the the one who narrates at the beginning of the first episode, uh-huh. is the one you hate the most. The purple haired right? guy. Yeah. Yeah. The white guy. Yeah, I hate him. So, like, so much. Like, every time he opens his stupid mouth, I just, like, mm-hmm. it's not just that I want him to not be on the show. I want him to die. <laughs> and that's a lot for a cartoon character. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, the Star Trek stuff. Shut up. Be dead. Okay, but let's let's dig into that mm-hmm. a little. What is it specifically you don't like him? I don't, he's a fucking suck ass and just, like, uh, the worst thing like you can do with a TV show is have a character that doesn't want to have fun. You know, yeah. a lot of the time that character is like the mom character, you know, just, oh, stop. Stop having so much fun and be boring, you know? Or you do like a seven of nine thing where it's okay, she doesn't want to have fun, but everyone's still being a dick about yeah. it. Yeah, but like this dude is just like every time anything happens, just like, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, come on, no, stop like- it. He's like the earliest incarnation of Wesley, who's like just a, a super dork yeah. and like a, a suck up and a yeah. It's like I get it. They wanted to have a character that was like a big Star Trek, like a big Star Trek nerd, but like a big details Star Trek nerd. Uh, but also, I think I hate that kind of thing. We always have. Mm-hmm. On a, you know, back in our very first episode, we said we're not those kind of guys. Yeah. So like and he's we just never have been aggressively irritating, and the show is based around him. It is, and and he is not the only lead character. No, I it's like just, uh, what's her face, the other one. Uh, yeah, there's Mariner. a there's him, and there's a woman of color, yeah. and then there's some alien characters, yeah. right? Yeah, there's uh, yeah, her, Tendi, and the guy with the eye thing. Sure, and yeah, and they're fine, I guess. Like the thing, the thing for me is, okay. So I don't like Rick and Morty mm-hmm. because, uh, well, because of the fans partially. Uh-huh. Uh I, I have some problems with the voice acting, but I will give it. It is a very, at least the the first season mm-hmm. or so that I watched. It's the the writing is very punchy. It's very oh yeah fast paced. There's a lot of big ideas. 
it's really interesting writing. And this show, like, that's the closest thing I can compare it to because it's one of the guys involved with that was involved with this. Mm-hmm. It looks a little like it. So, like, that's the closest thing I can think of. It The pacing, like, the comedy pacing is terrible. It really like, is. It's like a joke a minute. And usually, the, like, I barely laughed. Yeah. And, like, putting aside judging it as a Star Trek show, just judging it as a 30-minute cartoon show, mm-hmm. it didn't make me laugh at hardly at like maybe two or three times an episode yeah like the point is you made you made a trek comedy and it's not that funny you know yeah and you can <clears throat> you can have like it not be just like a laugh riot if what the characters are doing is also interesting but so often it isn't <laughs> they had some interesting star trek premises mm-hmm. in the few that i watched i will say that like uh i saw you uh wa- that you were watching um what do they call it moist Oh, vessel or something yeah, with like the that. um, with the uh, the stuff that like makes uh, like plant. turns inanimate things into life. Yeah, that was actually that was interesting. I I liked some of that. It was sort of a new twist on the Genesis device kind of yeah. thing, like a portable Genesis device that can turn small things into life. It's, yeah, it was a cool idea. But like, there's other episodes I've seen where they're just on a primitive planet and they have to fight in an arena and stuff, and that was mm-hmm. boring as hell. Yeah. And it's so winky winky, and mm-hmm. I know we're we're super into that stuff, and we make our own fanfic show, yeah. and we do that. And after I saw this show, I started backing way off of that with with Endeavor yeah. because it's like, is that how we look? I don't want that. And we write we we are enthusiastic amateurs mm-hmm. who write fanfic, so we can get away with it. But this is canon. Yeah, like there's. One episode ends with them listing off Star Trek characters. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Hey, Worf. That. And then also Geordi. Uh, and then uh, Spock. And like, what What are you doing right now? I, I, I have, since we started watching, or since we started making Endeavor, I have made a conscious decision with like any references. It's like, is this a character that these characters actually would have heard of? You know, that's a thing I yeah. think about a lot. Yeah, same. Um. And just but like, on this show, it's just like everyone has watched Star Trek and yeah, knows all the characters, and that's dumb. Like it's not like it's not like people who happen to know like well that's stuff that's happening elsewhere in the universe that we've heard about. Like, yeah. so one person had a line at some point that was like, "Oh, that happened on the Enterprise. God, something weird's always happening over there." Like, I like that kind of thing. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. But like, yeah. just listing off like rando characters is just like, oh, fuck off. And. They have such a unique opportunity. It's the first animated Trek in 40 years. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, I mean, everyone, including us, has said this forever. It's animation. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can you can pull off the craziest shit that you couldn't even pull off with, with CGI now. And it just looks like every other cartoon on TV. Mm-hmm. It's such a wasted opportunity. Well, it's got that and, Rick and Morty family guy look that all animated shows have now for some reason. I don't. I don't get it. Like I was saying to you, I feel like they should. It should look like the filmation show only animated well. That would have been awesome. Like same design aesthetic, mm-hmm. but you know, but done well. Yeah, that would have been great. But eh, whatever. Also, it just it feels like those cheesy original series parodies we grew up with in the eighties and nineties, yeah. where every TV show did it. Like, hey, look, Captain Kirk and Spock. Oh, only now it's more centered on next gen. Yeah, well, that's the one. Like. Everyone, yeah, that's the one everyone has nostalgia for now. In my age group to your age yeah. group, remember. That's so. why we have, like, yeah. the Orwell, which just turned out to be... Orville. T- yeah, the Orville, thank you. Which just mm-hmm. turned out to be new TNG because Seth MacFarlane likes it. I mean, whatever. 
I didn't care for the episode that I, a couple episodes that I saw. Yeah. But I know people are into it. That's fine. I know people are into this. Mm-hmm. And okay, whatever. But we didn't like it. Yeah. And do you really, like, and don't answer this mm-hmm. because we're going away and you can't. Uh-huh. But also, uh, it doesn't matter. Do you want to hear us just hate? Like, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. We already we, did that. It was called Enterprise. Yeah, and that was sprinting to the finish line, the original finish mm-hmm. line. Like, and Discovery, like, okay, I'm willing to wait till it gets good. Mm-hmm. Season one is a little rough. That's okay. And I was willing, like, I didn't, it, that didn't bother me. Yeah, no, you're... Th- but coming off Enterprise into that, mm-hmm. and then season two of Discovery, which was also a disappointment, and Picard, which was pretty good until it fell apart at the end. Mm-hmm. And and then Lower Decks and Disco Season 3. Like, when was the last time we truly loved a Star Trek show? It might be DS9. It was Deep Space Nine, yeah. And That's a long guys, time ago. That's I, w- I don't want to do a thing where we are where we like less than half of the yeah. franchise. That's, that's not interesting yeah. to me. I spend enough time being mad just in my day-to-day life because I'm living in the world right now. Like, I don't need to also be mad about the stuff I spend my spare time doing, you know? No, and... I know it doesn't seem like this, but I do try to be not like I, I try to be less negative in in, in public mm-hmm. in the internet. On I mean, in my life, I just it's just an ongoing effort for me. Yeah. And having to do a show where I show up every week and yell about something, it's, it's that's not that doesn't help mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. So that's why we're doing Batman. Yeah, that show's good every week now. Somehow, I mean, every now and then they do a dud, but that's that's the ratio that I like. Yeah, I'm it's fine with mostly. I'm fine good with being with... mad about something occasionally, or I mean, you know, there's characters on there we don't like, sure. like Dick Dick Grayson. But why? What did he also, do? I, you know, everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> nothing. He did nothing. I ruined the show, Batman. Hmm. Uh, but I have some thoughts on Disco Season yes. Three, which I watched in its entirety. Uh, so don't tell me I didn't give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Also, first off, right out of the gate, do not give me this just wait and it gets good bullshit. Three seasons yeah. of a TV show? No Star Trek show did that. Yeah. You put the time in. God knows you put the time in. Yeah. Like, also, we've said this before. TV shows don't work like that mm-hmm. anymore. You have to you have to get it together way quicker. Yeah. You don't have as many episodes. You, you got to go, man. But three seasons and so many of my complaints were exactly what they've always been, which is... Started out with some promise, a lot of good characters, a lot of interesting setup, and it completely fell apart, like, about two-thirds of the way in. Mm-hmm. They, oh, Jesus. And I I took four pages of notes, and I don't want to go over all of them. Sure. I, I'll just hit the highlights. Yeah. I was I was describing to you, because you ended up not having time to see it. Yeah. I was describing to you what happened, and you were just incredulous about it. And uh-huh. I swear to Christ, I was not exaggerating any of that. So, okay. Overall, they did improve the tone, like everyone said, sort of. Like, Disco shows up and, and the Federation's fucked up because all the dilithium's gone and, like, uh, the Federation basically collapsed because they don't have the technology to support it anymore. Mm-hmm. And Disco is sort of this Federation, like, symbol of Federation greatness. They still have the the spore drive so they can actually poof around. So it's like, oh, they the, these guys are from... The good old days when the Federation was was together and maybe they can help us. And like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And Saru was finally just the captain and he embodied the fuck out of that principle. Mm-hmm. He was so good. He was just every week. He was just like inspiring people and, and, and waving the flag and doing the thing. And it was so good. There's a bit in the first episode of the season 
uh, they 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 chose to focus on Michael only, like she was separated from the rest of the show okay. in the first episode, and I like that, like because she ends up spending I think is like a year apart from the rest of the crew, ah. and she comes back and she's got a, a partner now, and her hair is different, mm. and her attitude's better, and it's like oh good, they've improved the character, and then she goes right back to her old ways, okay. but for a minute it was good, but um, there's a bit. She's she's found out what the what the status quo is. She's she's a little bummed out, and then she goes to this space station and meets this dude, who's like, I don't remember. I might get these details wrong, but the the gist of it is correct. He was he's sort of a he's not actually part of Starfleet, but like his dad or his grandfather mm-hmm. or somebody was and told him to like, uh, uh, stay at this post and wait because one day a signal will come uh-huh. or something like that. And it's a very good, like, I like that image a lot. And Michael basically deputizes him and says, I have the power to, like, you're a field agent. You're you're a field officer. Mm-hmm. You're, like, lieutenant whoever. And he gets, like, a tear in his eye. Aww. And it's a, it's a really good, it's it's sweet. And then they pay it off at the very end where everything turns out okay and he comes back. Uh-huh. And that's good. But ugh, so much of it was garbage. <laughs> they kept Giorgio around. Yeah. Which made me nuts. To my eternal shock. Like, it felt like DS9 brought Gul Dukat into the crew and just let him continue doing Gul Dukat shit with no consequences. Uh-huh. Well, you know, like, mass murdering, genocidal, cannibal, yeah. but, yeah. They're all like, oh, that's Giorgio. Well, we better keep an eye on her. You know, she and then killed I... more people than God, right? <sighs> and she still occasionally, like, would just kill people when it was not necessary, uh-huh. and people were like, well, oops. What are you going to do? Kill button. Yep, shrug. We were talking about this before the... The episode started. Um, sometimes people just don't give a shit that you're a murderer, I guess. I guess. Agnes. That's real important to me. Yeah, it's Star Trek's supposed to, like, and you know, I rejected this early on. Mm-hmm. I said Star Trek's not about the hopeful future, blah, blah, blah. I take that back. Sure. It is. That's what it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I've said this a lot, too. Right now, in particular, with everything being the way it is, uh-huh. like, Star Trek is a like, come on, be a little... And they, they did improve that a bit, mm-hmm. but keeping Giorgio around was not. Yeah. Like, so, okay, Giorgio is dying. Uh-huh. Her, her molecules are falling apart because it turns out if you time travel a really long way, like a thousand years, mm-hmm. and you come from a different universe, like, your body doesn't want to be there and it, like, starts falling apart, which was kind of a not, not a bad idea. I have a similar feeling at work sometimes, so I get it. <laughs> Well, you got pulled into a different country, and uh, you're working a different shift than you're used uh-huh. to. It's so, exactly uh, yeah, the same, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they end up on this planet, and they meet this dude. And I swear to Christ, I'm not making a word of this up. Right. They meet this dude called Carl, <laughs> who's this sort of late middle aged dude in a like a I don't remember if it was like a bowler hat or what, but it was very like 20th century uh, dress. Hey, uh, Star Trek man. No, he's like a he's he's sort of distinguished. Uh-huh. He's sort of like a you know. Like a, I mean, he he seems like a nice dude, and he's just sitting in a chair reading a newspaper mm-hmm. that has like Giorgio's life on it or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, "Here, go through this door," and she does, and they do two more goddamn mirror universe. Oh episodes my god! That never end up happening. Uh, oh, okay, good, great. It's an alternate world where maybe she could have done a thing, mm-hmm. and then she comes back, and then Carl says, "By the way, I'm the guardian of forever, and I'm just sending what? you back to this this universe's past." All right, so yeah. apparently uh, Harlan Ellis is, Ellison has been dead long enough that they felt safe bringing back the Guardian of Forever. Yeah. Like, I liked the idea of bringing back the Guardian. Well, here's a thing that we hadn't talked about that I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if you're aware mm. of. Um, when they get to 
the far future. Uh-huh. The first thing they find out is, uh, we're not going to tell anyone you came from the distant past because time travel is illegal now because everyone thought the temporal cold war was the stupidest shit we've ever heard of <laughs> and we're never talking about it again and nobody's allowed to time travel okay it's pretty good that was a very good development and they said that a bunch of different times mm-hmm. where like time travel was brought up and they're like uh it's forbidden now remember that stupid bullshit with the temporal directive uh-huh. uh, uh, temporal cold war temporal cold war and, we're not doing it anymore yeah that was that was a good way to say enterprise did happen but we regret it mm-hmm. well i liked that um but it's way better that's than what... Captain Archer, the best captain that ever there was. Uh, Computer, um, show me top ten captains, starting you with know Archer. What? Show me, show me top one captains. Oh, he's so good. There he is. I must George W. Bush squint. I must remember to to steal a ship from innocent people and leave them to die. Leave no, just steal their die. engine. Yep. Um, but that's why the Guardian Forever was like hiding on a planet, uh-huh. like. So no one could see him because he's like, eh, I know how everyone feels about time travel right now. So I'm just sort of hiding. And that <laughs> I didn't hate that. And the Carl thing, I would have liked if they just sort of embraced the the weird sort of cuteness of uh-huh. it. Like if he'd just been this sort of impish, like extra dimensional being, mm-hmm. but he's just like, nope, I'm going to show you it's a wonderful life bullshit. And then I'm going to send you somewhere you don't even belong. Uh-huh. So the Section 31 show can still happen. I can't believe they're still making that Section 31 show. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, they brought Georgia to the future. And all they had to do was not bring her. Then I wouldn't have bitched about her being yeah. there. And they didn't wouldn't have to bend over backwards to send her back. That had been my assumption heading into like the last episode of season yeah. two. It was just like, well, obviously Georgia's gonna stick around for whatever and go be in section thirty one. No. Yep. They brought her for no re- and she didn't add anything to the plot really. Like she gave Michael someone to talk to from time to time. Well, but and I see like these things floating around on Tumblr because I'm still on like Trek yeah. Tumblr and sure. it's just all these scenes with the two of them together and Michael just like yes but you're my truest greatest friend and I'm just uh, like she's not slaughtering uh, genocidal not maniac someone, but okay. someone who looks just like her was like a mother to you that's not the same thing <sighs> it's uh, not good anyway so sort of the main villains of the season mm-hmm. were like uh, there was like an Orion syndicate but like sort of bigger and, and more powerful sure. which is fine that's a that's an idea they've never really like done well, I would say. And like they were trying to do more with that. And it fell flat. It felt like every time Star Trek tries to do Mullity Rebel Space Pirate bullshit, uh-huh. like everyone's grimy and all that stuff. They, it was it felt a lot like that. And there were like three or four episodes about that. And the main head of the Orion they didn't call it the Orion Syndicate, mm-hmm. but it was something like were that. Were they Orion? She was an though? Orion. Uh yeah. Okay. Um and they look great. Okay. Like all the all the new designs like the the sort of tweak designs of the classic uh trek mm-hmm. guys look good and this was no exception but the sort of the main head of the the space pirates mm-hmm. was uh her name was Osira okay. and she f- like what they needed in that role was either someone really super evil or someone sort of campy what they got was she felt to me like a stand-up comedian. Okay. Okay. She didn't have no screen presence, but she had very much the wrong screen presence. She reminded me of of a few different uh, ladies that I know who do stand-up who are about 30 years old. Who are good people, mm-hmm. fun people, good to talk to, interesting, but should not be playing big villains on a sci-fi show. 
Okay. If, imagine imagine Jen Kirkman mm-hmm. as your big bad. Oh. That's about where where she was. All right. Like nothing wrong no, with I her. like She's Jen funny. Kirkman, but I wouldn't yeah. vo- cast her as my villain as like the head of a space mafia? No. Yeah, it's like a, every now and then she would try to do sort of a campy, like, you know, catty, like mirror Kira mm-hmm. kind of thing, but she never really pulled it off. And it was mostly just, you are not convincingly evil, lady. <laughs> so, a um, couple of good things they did, though. They did, uh, they brought the Trill back. They went to the Trill mm-hmm. homeworld, and that was better than it was in the Dax episodes, I would say. Cool. Um, they uh, followed up on the threads of uh, unification mm-hmm. from Next Gen, where it took like a thousand years, but uh, Vulcans and Romulans actually did reunify into a, a new planet, and that was all super cool. I, and, I, I like that a lot. Like having yeah, Spock's whole they even, thing. They even called something. the episode. They even called the episode Unification Part Three, which I thought was great. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, and they had dropped out of the Federation, like so many had, mm-hmm. because it's hard to keep things together, and. Uh, and also the Romulans said, we don't trust them because yeah. that's how the Romulans are. But they um, they were entertaining the idea of coming back and they were willing to talk to Michael because of her connection to Spock. And I thought that was very good world building. Mm-hmm. Her connection to Spock sort of cements her into a certain place in Star Trek, but also we're following up with threads in very late next gen. Mm-hmm. Like it ties together a whole bunch of things and it was all quite good yeah. actually. And then... She got there and remember her mother, who was the Red Angel, who was still kicking around in the future somewhere? She was there for no reason whatsoever. Oh, they they also brought back the um, the, uh, warrior nuns, the um, absolute candor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, from Picard, Picard, which was more good, like, sort of tapestry weaving, I thought. Mm -hmm. Like, you're bringing in aspects of all kinds of stuff, and it fits pretty well. But then, like, uh, Michael's sort of advocate in her like trial type situation was her mother who just happened to be there. And I was like, what? All right. Why? Yeah. Uh, they did a plot that went absolutely nowhere with Detmer where it's like, she had some PTSD and the events of like the opening. And then you just saw her being a little tweaky for uh-huh. a few episodes. And then how that paid off was she was doing some Star Trek action shit. And she's like, Oh yeah. If I just have more trauma, then I'm fine again. And that what? was literally the end of it. All right. Like she was in a shuttle and people were shooting at her and she's like, oh, that's what I needed. I'm finally over it. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. That's not, that's not a good message, people. No, that's bad. That's a bad message. Well, you know what you need when you're suffering from traumatic stress disorder is more trauma. I could use some additional trauma to help me with my trauma. Yeah. That's bad. They all, they also, she was pretty much the only like uh sort of second tier crew member that got any attention oh that sucks we got so many good second tier characters uh, i know we still don't know shit about awoshikin Mm -hmm. or uh bryce or reese or um uh, fucking uh uh, jet reno who was in the season and popped up from time to Mm -hmm. time but basically just bitched back and forth with Stamets and that's it. I was really hoping she would get boosted up to regular at this point, but uh... Uh, me too. She was I mean she was in a bunch of episodes. Mm-hmm. She is on the ship, but she was never really a part of any story. Uh... She's just sort of there. They did some stuff with Stamets and Dr. Boyfriend mm-hmm. that were okay. Mm-hmm. They uh I'm sure you heard they have a non-binary character. Yes. Which I don't think they handled that great. I don't think it was like offensive or bad. It was just like so they go to Stamets mm-hmm. and they say uh Stamets refers to them as she and uh, they correct Stamets and say no it's they Mm -hmm. and Stamets is like oh they okay you're they 
yeah, I'm non-binary, but I'm scared to tell anyone, which implies that in, and this person's from this far future, yeah. the 32nd century, or in the 32nd century, it's still a big deal. Ugh, that sucks. Which sucks, but then they basically don't talk about it anymore. They have about a five-minute scene, and then it, it they are referred to as they, uh-huh. but it never comes up again. So it's like, which is it? Is it difficult for you to come out, or is it not a big deal? Yeah. Because I, we've said this forever. It's great to normalize it and just have, like, oh, guess what? Yeah. Non-binary, shut up. Yeah. Also, though, this character had a trill uh, slug in them, uh-huh. so that... That sort of muddies the water with like, well, but they are like the slug is a bunch of different genders. So that's whenever you make it your weird sci-fi thing, it's less yeah clear cut. Yeah, it's less I'm not like, sure what to do with that. But I'm a person who is non-binary instead. It's like, no, my crazy sci-fi mm-hmm. thing makes me non-binary. Like, eh, come on, man. I will still take that there is finally a non-binary character in Star Trek. It's, so it's nice. Yeah. It was nice to see. A nod to representation. Mm-hmm. They did a little more, like I said, with uh, Stamets and, and uh, what is his name? Cut- no. Cu- God, are you I trying to say remember. Kutch? No. Kutch, Kul- our Culber? Is it Culber? Culper. Yeah. Dr. Culper, okay. right? I always say Dr. Boyfriend yeah. and I forgot his real name. Hugh Culper. Yeah. Hugh. Hugh. Yeah. Dr. Hugh. Yeah. That doesn't sound like any other science fiction. Not at all. Dr. Hugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of half-ass adopt this non-binary character who's like 16 or something. Okay. And that's that's not bad. The gay dad's mm-hmm. like taking the queer kid under their wing. That's that's kind of nice. But, you know, <laughs> it's still, it wasn't much. And I will say uh, Hugh got more to do this season. Oh, that's but good. None of the other, none of the other second tier characters did. It's, you okay. know, anything's better than dying and then being sad, which is what he's done so far. Yeah. Um... So then it all sort of falls apart in, I would say, the last third mm. of the series. Like, I like, they had some good ups, it had some downs, but it was, it was pretty good. And then everything, like, so I, I told you about the burn, the, when the, all the dilithium. Yeah, that's like, why they, the Federation's falling apart, yeah. is they can't, like, reach each other anymore. Yeah. And I like that. I like, if you're going to mm-hmm. do a future where the Federation is no, like, can't hold together, I'd much rather it be for some technical reason and not, because oh utopia is not possible because like star trek was wrong like mm-hmm. no don't do that but if it's for a practical reason that's okay yeah um i swear to christ i am not making i need to be very clear to you that this is not me exaggerating because i'm mad at uh-huh. this this is what happened okay one of saru's people who is a um what are they what are they the uh kelpians uh, kelpians thank you I knew they had a stupid name, but I could have the frog people. Are the they fucking, a fishian uh, or a squidian? What's his yeah, deal? Yeah, yeah. Is he clamian? Yeah, he's a Mon Calamari. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I always thought should be the squid guys. Yeah. Um, so one of... Those one are of, uh, Right, I know. <laughs> there was a There's an outpost where this uh, uh, Kelpian lived with his family, mm. and the family died. And the kid was kept... Uh, kept alive and uh, sort of raised by this elaborate holodeck environment mm. and a series of programs that teach him and, and help him like with social interaction, you know, mm. all the, all the things you would teach a kid, like sort of the, the venture brothers learning. Yeah. Um, Best way to raise been there. Yeah. But he's been there for decades. Sure. Like they say the burn happened like a hundred years ago. So he's been there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, And, when we meet him, we go in via the holodeck, this elaborate holodeck, and 
everyone who goes there turns into a different species than they are. Okay. Because the holodeck. Okay. This gives Doug Jones the opportunity to be Doug Jones instead of Saru for a couple of episodes, which I, on the surface, I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Like, they all had that. They had, like, you know, uh, Renee got to take his makeup off and, and Michael Dorn got to take his makeup sure. off. That's that's fine. Spock didn't have to always wear the ears. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the reason for it was real dumb. They went into a holodeck and all turned into, like, the... Uh, uh, Non-binary kid, I can't remember what they turned into. Uh, uh, Hugh was there and turned into a Bajoran uh-huh. for just who knows why, <laughs> but whatever. And they find this kid who this was a very very unpleasant choice to me. Okay, they played like an uh, like a like a man child, like a I don't know what the polite word for this is now, like a developmentally disabled uh-huh. adult man okay like lenny from of mice and men or something okay and they come to find out Uh uh-huh they were here mining dilithium or something like that and he's got like uh uh, telepathic power sure he got angry or sad or something and screamed and all the dilithium blew up in 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 the universe yes all of it which is connected like like the spores like the Uh like the okay fine whatever but yeah, he yelled so loud that it all blew. Now, what actually they said was he went through some emotional trauma mm-hmm. and his mental whatever blew up. the. But it's, it's that manifests itself by him screaming. He screamed all the dilithium out of existence. That's some uh, Superman Prime punches the walls of reality shit right there. So a kid who lives in a holodeck uh-huh. screamed all the dilithium away. That's the most Voyager bullshit that's I've ever heard. Ba- that's... You don't get yeah. much more Brennan Braga than that. Yeah. And he's nowhere to be found, but they, you know. No, but it's nice that they're keeping his spirit alive, you know? Ugh. It's what he would have wanted. But I thought we were done with that kind of mm-hmm. thing. If they're going to be bad, at least be bad in their own way. In instead a new of, and interesting way. Yeah, instead of the way that we got mired in for so uh-huh. long with a bunch of Next Gen and then Voyager and then Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So that sucked hard. Oof. Um, oh, I didn't even tell you that they made Tilly first officer for a while. Okay. You, you know, Ensign Tilly, who was just promoted to Ensign from Cadet. She started as a cadet two years ago. Like. Yeah. Now, they did this exact thing with Kirk in the movie. I know, but that's but Kirk. That's because it's Captain Kirk and we all just want it to get on, like, things to get on. Yeah, like. Also, he turned out to be good at the job. Uh-huh. She was bad at the job and ended up getting the ship captured by that, uh. Uh, that Jen Kirkman O'Ryan almost immediately. They they've got a they've got a perfectly fine chain of command here with Saru that as the would captain be... and Michael as the as the well uh, that would be commanding... the opportunity Commander, yeah. that I was talking about to get to know Detmer or Awoshiken yeah or like any of those bridge officers that we know fuck all about yeah um Michael was the first officer for a while and they did a whole thing where she disobeyed orders and did what she wanted like she always does. Uh-huh. Well, that's Michael. And they said, "Okay, you know what? Uh it's not a good idea to make you the captain. You should just be the fir- or the, the first officer. You should just be the science mm-hmm. officer." And she's like, "That's a good idea. You know what? <clears throat> I'm not cut out for command. Science is where I belong." They had a whole little arc in that episode where she decided that. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, she was stuck with it anyway. But and then at the end of the season, they promoted her to captain because Saru wanted to go off and, and like, find his people or whatever. What? So, 
there was no like at the beginning of the season they made it seem like Michael had changed. Uh-huh. And it could be an interesting arc to show her implementing that change over the course of a season mm-hmm. and then making her captain, but they didn't do that. They went back to the old like Michael sabotages everyone and does what she wants mm-hmm. bullshit. And then she's captain for no reason. Oh, okay. It doesn't make sense. I liked man. I liked one of the things I liked about Disco starting was the main character isn't the captain for once. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was good. I mean, you know, Cisco wasn't the captain, but he was the captain. Like No, the guy in charge. Yeah. And I they only did that so they could promote him later. Yeah. Like they wanted to give him a minute to grow, mm-hmm. which I like. You come in like just before he becomes captain and you watch him earn the the title. That was cool. But she earned nothing. And I look as a character, mm-hmm. I think broken, fucked up Michael Burnham is great. I still enjoy the hell out of sure. her. She's like, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about her. She's not my problem. I still like Sonequa Martin-Green. Mm-hmm. I still like the character being broken and making terrible choices. But there's no consequences for her actions. We got that super standard Star Trek, uh, well, the ends justify the means. Yep. You did a bunch of illegal stuff, but we got what we wanted. So, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. You get to be captain yeah, now. It's fine. There was a very good um, world-weary admiral Mm -hmm. that they were dealing with who was their sort of liaison to Starfleet now. And I liked the character. I liked the actor. And his entire job was just every time Disco came back with some of their bullshit, he... (sighs) You were literally the only ship we have right now that can travel further than one system, like faster than Impulse. Why are you like this? (laughs) I really like that, actually. Why are these the decisions that you've made to get to this point? Why did you just make this cadet your first officer? Seemed like a good idea. That we, we like oh. her. And that, the thing is, from a character standpoint, mm-hmm. Tilly's the only one who's sort of spoken to Saru as a friend and uh-huh. given him advice. And I kind of like him. Like, that's his weak spot uh-huh. there. He's he's not very good at socializing. And he's like, uh, who should be my first officer? Well, I like Tilly. Mm-hmm. And then in in universe... It goes bad, and he has to face that. But sure. that's not how it played out. Ugh. It just—it was so that's dumb. Bad. It's all so dumb. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about all I had all to right. say. Like, there's uh, Michael had a new boyfriend, and I really liked him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't Lieutenant Ash Tyler, so he already started out on the right foot. But I mean, he was, he you can only go up character, from Lieutenant dude. Ash Tyler. And uh, he had a very fat cat, which became the internet's favorite thing. <laughs> well, of course it did. And every time anyone would say, you have a very fat cat, he would either say, she has a glandular problem or she's a queen, which <laughs> was very good. That's good. And Tilly got stuck with the cat at one point. So you had Tilly's giant poof of hair and this giant poof of fluffy cat. It was just a good <laughs> visual. Uh, all right. That's about all I had. All right. I'll uh, probably watch it. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, sorry to spoil it, but we did discuss this oh, like yeah. three weeks ago. And I said, look. I need to talk about this in the finale. We can wait to record. Mm-hmm. There's no rush. But, like, you have this amount of time, and you said, okay. No, I uh, I put the time in, and I, th- I really thought about it, and I decided I didn't care. All right. So, I mean, there are there are still plenty of things to like, mm-hmm. and I think you'll probably like it more than me. Mm-hmm. But, because there was a lot of action stuff that bored me that I think you'll probably enjoy. Sure. That's my shit. But, but, and, and they're still pretty good mm-hmm. at action. I'll give them that. And there's some cool, like, new Star Trek shit in the future, like new technology and stuff. Like, uh, the replicating is more like 3D printing. Like, they can they can replicate way more stuff and you just sort of watch it 
like get formed oh, cool. in front of you and it, it looks really neat and transporting is sort of an instantaneous thing you just go poof poof oh cool that's kind of like, that. like just little little shit like that uh-huh. um all right yeah that's, but but then it's also like okay so you're at this star base and where an elevator would be instead they just transport to the floor above and it's like okay so you're also just lazy now. <laughs> It's like, that's where a turbo lift clearly should be, and instead you just use the transport. Why should I have to wait for an elevator like a sucker? Oh, and they gave him this uh, uh, device that uh, I saw Flunk and Brian talking about this, Mm. that it's like basically their cell phones, where it's like a single device that's like their uh, tricorder and communicator and like uh, everything all in one device, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Like the the aesthetic of the show is so Mm. good, and... The tech idea, like everyone in the design department and all that is still, you know, doing their best. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't know how to plot to save their damn lives. They've got good characters and doing real stupid I mean, things. That's been the issue since the first season, so. Yeah, and look, they've done almost 50 episodes and I've had enough. Yeah, you're allowed. Got, I mean, I'm probably I, still going to watch it. Sure. But, you know. But, you know, we don't have to review it anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, it's, it, we're done. Yeah, now I can hate it as a civilian. Yeah. Which is, you know, much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> much less stressful. Yeah. But I, what I wanted was for you listeners to understand this was not a decision we made lightly. Oh, no. I kept I kept giving it chances. You gave it chances. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, this is, I can't. No. I, I just, I don't want to keep coming on here and, and talking about how much I hate it. Because a lot of people we know love this. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Yeah. It really is. But I don't. Yeah. And I don't want to have to show up every week. And I don't want to be that guy yeah. that tells everyone that, like, you're wrong. Yeah. This is actually bad. It's not fun. It's actually emotionally mm-hmm. draining. Mm-hmm. And my emotions Very have been drained is. enough lately. Thanks. Yeah, we're good. I got enough we're shit coming. going on. All right. So you want to crack into some mail now? Fuck yeah. For the very last time. The very well, last on, time. On this, on this show. All right. This one comes from Hannah, and it was actually... Uh, intended for the last uh, supplemental. Oh, well. Which was quite some time ago. Sorry we had to keep you waiting, Hannah. This happens all the time. Mm. Like, over the course of this show, it happened every time where people would send us something just like, you know, an hour too late, mm-hmm. and i just hold it for the next show. But, uh, sorry, anything you write in now is just, like, we'll read it. We might even reply directly to you, but, uh, like, <laughs> there's no more show to answer it on, so. Going uh, full sorry. Ringo now. Don't <laughs> yeah. send me any more fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any I mean, more fan mail anymore. I'm I'm gonna keep the uh email address going. Uh-huh. And like I said, if you wanna if you wanna ever contact us, it's it's there. And also it's probably easier than just setting up a whole other one for Endeavor or sure. use it for that. Yeah. But you know, it's yeah, like there's no show for us to answer it on, so mm. be be advised. Okay. This one comes from Hannah. Right. And Hannah says how are you? I'm fine. Well, mostly fine. Mm-hmm. Going a bit stir crazy, but who isn't at this point, right? This was April of last oh, year. Oh, oh dear. One month into into quarantine. Oh, what we had yeah. coming. Uh huh. I was discussing Picard with my husband, mm-hmm. and I described Narek's sister. I still can't remember her name as his twin incest sister, and he came back with twin sister, mm-hmm. which just make me so proud. Very good. I just want everyone to know of his brilliance. Yes, I know they're not twins. At least I don't think they are. But it's just so beautiful. I'd like to know your thoughts on the parallels between episode 10. Oh, God, I don't remember that. Oh, it's one of the last episodes of the Picard mm. season. 
Uh, and Laura's mag. She says magic asshole. I'm <laughs> sure she means magic castle. Uh, there's a bunch of synthetic guys trying to kill all humans. Mm-hmm. There's one of them that we like who needs to be convinced not to go through with it. You could even say soon the sons and daughters of soon will rule the Federation. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was a deliberate choice or a poetic coincidence? Yeah, good question. I, Picard did call back to a lot of the other shows, mm-hmm. but I think they did it in a much more subtle way. I don't know if they would directly crib something like that, but maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe it was like a... Like, we talked about this, and I, I credit this to Flonk being the first person I heard say this. Mm. Like, if Trek's going to redo stuff, they should redo stuff that didn't work and oh, yeah. get it right. And maybe that's what they were doing. Yeah, I could see that. What if mm. uh, the Soong invasion was uh, not terrible? And I that as I recall, and it's been a year. Mm-hmm. I don't, I I don't think I hated that part of things. Like those guys, like having their own colony mm-hmm. and having thoughts about whatever. But like, it was the the Romulan stuff didn't really pay off for me. Yeah. And the like the the invading tentacle robot or whatever. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. I went back through a bunch of our notes because I didn't remember sure. any of this. Uh, she says, as usual, thanks for the laughs and the excellent Trek commentary. Y'all are the best. Keep it up. Don't ever stop doing this well. I uh, yeah. Uh, t- t- yeah. P.S. I'm originally from Texas and moved to New York for work last August. The y'all doesn't ever really leave you when you grow up in it. Well, I hope or you're do doing you okay in New York. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, this is uh, from uh, Richard, who wrote us so many great little, mm-hmm. like, uh, jingle-type songs. Uh, and this was back in May, right. uh, when we were all on the uh, Animal Crossing train. Oh, and, God, Including yeah. the both of us. Yep. Oh, man, uh, my villagers are going to make me feel so guilty if I, have, if I go back. I went, and you actually don't get a ton of that passive-aggressive stuff. I went back not too long mm. ago. Also, the snowmen are assholes, <laughs> but I think, I think your partner knows this uh-huh. already. Oh, yeah. She's had enough tr- trouble with them. Yeah. Uh, Richard says, the first time I caught a catfish, I thought of you guys. Yeah, I thought Here's of that a picture. too, if I'm being honest. Here's a picture of me dressed as a Dracula <laughs> and with a skeleton, <laughs> just just for you. Uh, also, I got my villagers to say, go Team Venture. Mm-hmm. Check it out. They call me Herbert like space hippies. <laughs> I, uh... So that's great. I guess I guess I'll do one more show notes. There's a, there's a, a screen cap here from Richard, so I will... Put that in the show notes at postatomichorror.com. I uh, I made my town theme song the uh, DS9 song. I was quite proud of that. I remember that. You walk into like good. the store and it would go burr, 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 burr. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Google and it says postatomic, complete your privacy checkup. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, no, I'm good. Get right on that. They wouldn't let us name uh the the thing the, the email account like just post atomic horror so i had to tell it our name we're we're just a guy called first name post atomic last name horror <laughs> i got a email here for a mr santos l helper uh, santos l helper uh-huh. excuse me uh this one comes from dan uh from back in august Hi, dan. dan says hey y'all was curious if you're going to switch to lower decks now that it is airing we we are not no i said this uh, at the time when lower decks came out i can't imagine writing summaries for that show i just can't do like well let's like putting that aside putting aside our like uh uh disdain for the mm-hmm. show star trek is still coming out in in such an erratic like schedule like it it's it's out and then it isn't mm-hmm. and then it is and like it's so hard to keep up like i i do better with a show that comes out every week yeah 
And we, you guys, like longtime listeners know, we struggled for so long when there wasn't Star Trek. We're not good at just sort of filling the time. Yeah. And there's so many projects about to happen mm-hmm. and they've been pushed back because of the pandemic and whatever. And it's just, it's really hard to keep this going. So even if we had come back, I feel like we would have done a club for quite a while longer. And oh, definitely. Come back. Like we would have built up like a, a backlog of at least like mm-hmm. all of disco and uh, lit lower decks before we even thought about coming back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it's just fun. waiting for whatever the next thing is, you know? Yeah, and we know, like we've been hearing, there's, and you know, we're probably still going to watch a bunch of it because we're still fans. Yeah, and I, I don't want to hate it. I'm probably one of them. I'm gonna like. Mm-hmm. I hope. Ideally, I, what I, I don't want to be that kind of fan who's like Star Trek stopped being good after the last, Ugh. like after DS Nine. Like I, that, it's exhausting. That feels and that's another reason I don't want to keep doing yeah. this because, look. I love our listeners. I love hearing from you guys, mm-hmm. but there is a certain contingent of listeners that every now and then will reach out to me and say, yes, yeah, Star Trek sucks now, right? And like, no, no, sorry, guys. I don't feel this. I don't. Yeah, it sucks for the moment is how I see mm-hmm. it. I don't think it sucks now. I just think they need to get their shit together. Yeah. But there's there's a difference in my head and it's an important difference mm. and it might be nothing, but it's important to me. <laughs> um, This one comes from Ben and it says... I'm sure I'm not the first to show you this. Actually, you are. Uh, but Alexander Siddig and Andrew Robinson performed a fanfic about their love for each other. Mm-hmm. And I will put this in the show notes. Because uh, it's a link and mm-hmm. it's not something we can... Uh... That's nice. I like those two. Uh, uh, fin- like being able to go on Twitter or on uh, on the internet now and go, Yeah, we were gay yeah. as hell and they wouldn't let uh-huh. us. I mean, I think Bashir was mostly, you know... Mm-hmm. I like, could have seen uh, it working. Curious, vicarious, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, young and naive and willing to be taken advantage sure. of a little bit, but I, I don't know that he's, like, just full-on, you know, mm-hmm. gay. Whereas Garrick, only into dudes. Okay. Come away with uh, me, Doctor. Where, why? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Is it somewhere fun? Yes, it is. <laughs> this one also comes from Ben. Lower Decks Deja Vu. Don't know if you've started watching Lower Decks yet, but it sure seems like the writers are big fans of your podcast. It's just something, maybe it's just something that comes from watching a lot of Star Trek and trying to make jokes about it. Like any given comedy writers mm-hmm. would inevitably mine the same veins for material, but some jokes and references from Lower Decks feel very familiar to me. I can't think of a lot of specifics right now. There was one time they referred to Armus as a trash bag, <laughs> and there was one bit where they all but said Bever fucks a ghost. And I can't help but wondering if any of your other listeners have written to you about similarities they've noticed. One or two other people did, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I... It's just a coincidence. Yeah. They're, they're clearly not. I mean, from uh, us. look, we're e- nobody. Every uh, every Trek person knows Bever yeah. fucks a ghost, and we've been making Star Trek jokes for ten mm-hmm. years. So yes, of course we're going to overlap a bit. Also, Armus looks it's, like a trash bag happen, because that's we what are they used. Enthusiastic amateurs. They are professional television writers. They should be better than us. Uh, he says. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that some writers could be fans of your show. Comedy writers are nerds, right? And nerds like podcasts. You have to assume the writers are Star Trek fans. Why wouldn't they have come across your Star Trek podcast? Would it make sense that some of them search for the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast while doing research for the show? Hang on. I, I Al? Mean, it's possible, but... Uh, you just got super digital. You know, I would need a lot more. Like, before we called our legal department that doesn't exist. I would need a lot more to go on than that. All right, next one comes from Bob. You know, Bob, our Hi, friend Bob. Bob. And he says, 
Thank you for putting in so much effort and time to do this show over the years. I certainly had fun in all my guest appearances, and it's thanks to you I finally watched my now favorite Star Trek show, DS9. You will be missed, but your legacy will live on. We hope so. Uh, The suggested Google uh, replies are, glad you enjoyed it. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. (laughs) Man, we didn't even need to have a show anymore, thanks to Google Docs. Like, yeah. So, Bob, glad you enjoyed it. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did count up, like, uh, because I'm always interested in this kind of dumb bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, how how many did we do? The stats. Yeah. Did we do what? Well, what I wanted to know was because Star Trek has now made like it's like eight hundred and eleven mm-hmm. episodes. Like, did we crack eight hundred? Did we do eight hundred Star Trek stories? Yeah. And if you count the movies, mm-hmm. yes, and and the shorts, you have to count the shorts. Okay, too. but it's still a Star Trek story. Like, yes, eight hundred Star Trek stories, uh-huh. like of various forms. Mm-hmm. That's animated episodes. That's shorts. That's you know movies. All that stuff. Throw but in yeah. like the three or four books we reviewed back when we did that. <laughs> I, I was gonna like if I had to tweak it, I would like in the and the fan film. Mm-hmm. But no, wait, counting the shorts, we're at eight oh one. So wow, uh, nice. So that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. That's a tough um, one to beat. All other podcasters. Yeah, I still think we're the most comprehensive, and I think we we're going to remain that way for quite some time. Yeah, maybe it, that, maybe someone will approach this. It's someday. it's not impossible, but it's gonna take time. And devotion. That this is one of the few things I will genuinely take like unapologetic credit for mm. i think we have the devotion yeah like people write in and say you're you're a very good show mm-hmm. or whatever like i don't know maybe we are maybe we i suck. like to I think don't... so but you know like I, it would make me but sad to think we've been doing this for 10 years and we still suck at it i don't know like i what i'm saying is i'm incapable of judging objectively sure. but but i am willing to say we put in the time mm-hmm. like we're you know it's a real testament to what happens if you just show up every week and get the job done you know mm-hmm uh, and we're still doing it, just for a different show yeah. now. Okay, this one comes from Justin, and it is a long email that I'm going to put in the show notes if people would like to read it. But it is basically, it's like his thoughts on why. It says, how CBS made me start to hate Star Trek. And, like, I appreciate that mm-hmm. you have thoughts here, and, and I appreciate that you want to share them. And I did read this. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to sound mean, but, like, if you want to read four paragraphs of your thoughts about Star Trek, get your own show. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick about it, but really. <laughs> I'm not going to read someone else. Like, I didn't write that much summary myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read someone else's. So. It's a lot. But again, don't want to dismiss what he had to say. There's some interesting thoughts there. Yeah. I will put them in the show notes for anyone who wants to see them. Mm-hmm. Next one comes from Alfred. Hi, Alfred. Alfred says, hello, Pa. I am saddened to learn that you will not be continuing the Post-Stomach Horror Podcast, although I cannot blame you given the quality of the past few years of Star Trek. I found your podcast right before the pandemic really took off, and it's been really comforting listening to you two while I go my various uh, activities in my day. Oh, wow. I made it all the way up to your Voyager podcast, but I had to tap out after the sexy oil rub scene in Enterprise. Damn you, Braga. We wish we could have. Yeah. That was the first sign it was all... Uh-huh. Y- y- yeah. <laughs> Just turn to each other. So this is it for the next f- five years, huh? Mm-hmm. My my question for you, y'all, mm-hmm. is what what is the origin of I'm tripping balls? <laughs> I probably missed the episode where it was explained. Oh my god! I feel like it was the um uh, uh, the naked time. Yeah, where they're all acting kind of drunk or high or whatever. I, the thi- just... I can't remember if it was just from that or if I stole it from like a Futurama episode or something. No, I just rewatched Futurama and I definitely would have noticed. Okay. 
because Takei was on there a bunch. Mm -hmm. And if he'd said something like that. Or like um, (laughs) one time, I remember him being on Third Rock from the Sun. Yep, I remember that as well. A lot of this stuff. I think that's where Oh My came from. Yes, that is where Oh My came from. Uh Um, A lot of that stuff just gets jumbled in my brain. Especially back then when I wasn't uh, even a little bit conscientious about ripping stuff off of The Simpsons. Well, yeah. I mean, I it took me a little while to realize that some of the things you wrote that we co-wrote mm-hmm. were you taking things from The Simpsons yep. or Mystery Science Theater or whatever. Yep. It's like, nope, you shouldn't do that. Nope. Um, it's better now. Oh, Hopefully. Uh, the listener, all, I mean, at least you're stealing from things I don't recognize. Uh-huh. Let's say that. Uh, and this listener also says, uh, could you please give your Takei impression one last send-off? Yes, I can. It's been a pleasure to work with you all. And away I go. All right. Uh, this is Chris. Chris says, what we're leaving behind? Some final paw thoughts. hey I figured I'd add to the choir in giving a nod of respect and salutation for all the years spent on the podcast. Of course, I'd like to see it continue, but when it's time to sail to the second star on uh, to the left, straight on till morning, it's mm-hmm. time. Truth is, I was mostly keeping up with the show out of habit, as I never bother watching Discovery or Picard. Super CBS paywall didn't help. <laughs> and following along with your commentary ain't easy when you don't know what actually happened in every episode. I still go back to older Trek series and episodes, and whenever one comes up in the discourse again, I always end up looking for the paw episode or some amusing chat for some amusing chatter and banter about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, unlike most podcast YouTubers, you can always count on there being a paw episode discussing it. You did review everything after all. Couple questions then regarding your entire body of work covering Trek. One, there were plenty of hilarious running gags throughout. My favorite was Neelix. Oh no, my <laughs> blank. Any particular ones you have fond memories of? Oh god. I will. I will always love. Uh, I will always love uh, Armus. Of course. Uh, uh, you will always love Armus. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and also Groppler Zorn, which uh, <laughs> came right out of the makes gate. Makes me laugh. Well, that was one of those when we still screened the episodes together, and we both just like he just said his name is Groppler <laughs> Zorn, right? Well, it it was kind of a perfect thing because I had come up to your like I was staying with you guys that that weekend. Uh, I don't think you were. You might. I mean, maybe, I'm pretty maybe. sure I remember watching that on your couch, but I could be wrong. I thought we watched it over Skype, but it doesn't matter. But I just like this guy comes in and he's just like, "Oh, I'm Grappler Zorn, Captain Picard. I hope nothing terrible happens to me." Uh-huh. And we just like, well. We know who we just fell in love with. Uh Also, we, you know, Next Gen was obviously very new to us. We Mm -hmm. were still looking for something to latch on to, and here we go. Uh, I really enjoyed um, Worf not remembering Wesley's name. That was always a good (laughs) one. That made me laugh. And Uh, to be clear, we came up with some of these, but the guests came up with a lot of them, too. So, like, I don't want to take credit for, like, we're so funny. A lot of these came from Mm -hmm. people who came on the show for a minute. Um, Uh, Wesley killed the guy. That'll always make me laugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cisco not being able to count. <laughs> I think of of all the dumb jokes that we've done, a lot of people write in and say, "Where did that come from?" I this is this isn't the show. Where did that? Where did you get that? That one got the most like mail from. Wh- why do you think Cisco's bad at math? Where did that even come from? And it came from an episode where he was reading a bunch of statistics off a screen that were completely meaningless, mm-hmm. and it was and he sort of like Avery Brooks did and like. Seven? I don't know. Is that <laughs> so good or just bad? Spun that into, he doesn't know how to count. Yeah. And then it was funny because <laughs> Cisco's such a badass and it was such a dumb thing to give him, you know? Four, six? What is it? 
two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> profits, profits, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> Someone say profits? No, Quark. <laughs> the other kind. Stuff them in the airlock. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, uh, Quark. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. I still have that shirt somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gregory made a, a very good one. Yeah. It was in the style of um, uh, the, the Peanuts. Like the, oh. Yep. Um, Keiko being terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, catfish. There's so many. Yep. I mean, I trip I in general a was a real. The only thing yeah. that I I thought was mostly for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I liked him okay, but I I grew tired of him, and you never did. I, it was the only thing getting me through Enterprise. My hatred was getting me through Enterprise, which oh. I can do in sprints. I can't do it in the long haul, but sure. For, for that year, I could do it just fine. <laughs> I'm too old to hate anymore. Oh no. I'm too old to sustain a really mm-hmm. fiery hate, mm-hmm. which when you have a show, you need to not like sort of have burning embers. You need a strong hate, oh, yeah. you know? Like uh, you know. Oh, and bag salad, which was which I believe is Devlin's. That is absolutely Devlin. Uh and I think she like I don't want to speak for her, but I feel like she kind of regretted that because I feel like she thought it was a, sort of a throwaway joke mm-hmm. and we just like really latched onto I it. I mean, it's a perfect uh, description yep. of that character. Yep, agreed. Um, I don't. I, I'm sure there were many others. Oh yeah, I just you know. And I know we should be doing the whole reflecting thing, mm-hmm. but the truth is, we're both very tired. We're very tired. I don't know about you, but I barely remember um, most of my life. So, like I said, I went back through sure, like some notes because I, I, I am, and every now and then. I do take a trip back through some of our summaries, like, you know, just like, what did I have to say about this? What are, you know, like, I, I do the same, only I don't listen to the show. I just mm-hmm. read our summaries or whatever. Um, and he says, too, everyone talks about the episodes that achieve exhilarating highs or dilapidated lows. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on what you consider the creamiest middle of each series? <laughs> what is that like? Just the the, oh, the average, the the, you know. The fine. Okay. These episodes are fine. Like a, on a scale of one to ten, like a five. Oh man, that's a tough one. Just because, like, yeah. you know, if I didn't love it or hate it, I it was deleted from my brain. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I'd say a lot of next gen was very average. Yeah, yeah. That's a watchably thing a lot of people average, forget. but average. Yeah, you know. But like that show had some great episodes and it had some crummy episodes, but it had a lot had of a middling lot. episodes. Yeah. Like, that's the thing people forget about that. Yeah, I was not... I had some thoughts on best episodes and worst episodes, but I definitely didn't give any thought whatsoever to averagest episodes. No, because we're in the business of, like, how do we spin this into an hour worth of mm-hmm. pseudo-comedy? Like, it's not always comedy. Sometimes we have serious thoughts, but it's, it's a, definitely a comedic tone to the show. I mean, like, that's what we've been trying for, anyway. It's hard to, like, it's hard to spin average like into it. I mean, every episode of Voyager was kind of the same. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, they all were. <sighs> yeah. Even then, I'm like, what's a mediocre episode of Voyager? And all I can think of is ones that pissed me off. <laughs> Remember that episode where yeah. the crew melted? I sure do. I don't. Did they melt? Well, it turned out it was the it was the oh, duplicate right, they crew, were... right? Ah, uh, yeah. The crewplicate. And they course. all melted. Uh-huh. And they tried to get help from Voyager, and Voyager never found out about it. Right, I remember now. I also don't care. Okay, this one comes from Lise. Hi, Lise. Lise says, 
it would be wonderful, wonderful to hear you briefly talk about Discovery 2 and 3 and Picard. Okay, we did mm-hmm. Discovery Season 2 and Picard yeah. on this show comprehensively. Yeah. We, and we just talked about Disco Season 3. Mm-hmm. So You can still, any can, less, they're there. You can you can check them out. Yeah. The last, like, the last numbered episodes of the show are Discovery Season 2 and Picard mm-hmm. Season 1. So they're out there. Yep. Uh, any lessons learned from doing so much Star Trek in podcast form? Uh, yeah, if you... <laughs> You can do anything if you just uh, show up every week. I I knew that. You did. You had to learn it, but I knew mm-hmm. it. I I told you. Trust me, we can do this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. No, you and can do. Uh, you can do anything if you show up, put the time in, and you know your friends are divided. Divide it into like digestible chunks. Yeah. That's that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, so who was right? Me. Yeah. I was right. That's yeah. what I learned. I already knew that. Never doubt me. <laughs> Jesus, doubt me. I made so many bad decisions over the course of this podcast. But, uh, we, for no. example, we should just keep doing watch, watching episodes after we finish the original series, right? Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a good idea. Well, we had always talked about that. Mm-hmm. We had always talked about if if we're still feeling it after mm-hmm. seventy nine episodes, let's let's keep going. But yep. we'll 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 have a discussion then and and make the the decision for sure. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, next gen, let's do it. Yep. I don't regret that. I, I don't even regret going all the way through Enterprise. Like we hated it, mm-hmm. but it's like that was our original mission statement. And if we'd made it to ninety percent and then quit, that yeah. would have sucked. Yeah, like it was it was worth doing just for that. And to like you know, I'm glad we didn't go out on a completely sour note. Mm-hmm. Like that was good. Yeah, it would have sucked to have ended uh, after Enterprise. We would have been sad. Yeah, I wish we could have finagled it so maybe like Star Trek Beyond was like right after that or something. Yeah. That would have been a good end. That, that movie yeah. kicks ass. Yeah, it does. Uh, this one comes from Mike X. Mike, Mike. has been a uh, devoted listener and correspondent mm-hmm. to all of our shows over the years. He's he's done some amazing artwork yes, for he us has. Uh, for Endeavor, like cover art, and he also designed new uniforms for the for the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, he does he does great stuff. Uh, Mike says, "So I hear this is the end of the road for Pa. Mm-hmm. Can't say it surprises me. I mean, I remember those five years we all spent watching Enterprise." Uh, and while I don't have quite the animosity you have toward Discovery, oh, I kind of like the third season, but I'm often easy. I completely understand where you're coming from. The thing is, if you have to watch it critically and you have to discuss it, mm-hmm. you really start thinking about all the ways it doesn't work. Yeah. I was talking, because a couple of people we know, this was the thing I wanted to talk about when I was talking about Discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, I made a deliberate conscious decision going into pretty much every Star Wars movie. I don't care if this is objectively good. I love Star Wars. This makes me feel like a kid, mm-hmm. and I don't give a fuck. And up until the last movie, which I know had a ton of really terrible problems that I just ignored mm-hmm. because I need to like something unobjectively, yeah. like or just un, un, you know, like unqualified. And I think that's what people are doing with Star Trek. And not having this show anymore means maybe I can watch Discovery and not pick it apart yeah. and just say this is kind of fun. It's got some problems, but this is all right. I'd like to uh, think Mike, so, but, you know, we might be just be broken at this point. <laughs> I need to give it some time, mm-hmm. but knowing that I'll never have to discuss it is nice. Well, the fact that I can watch Disco at my leisure now and just, like, yeah. hop into like it I, when I want, you know? Like I said, as a civilian. Exactly. Um, But we still have the, you know, the trauma of, of having endured it all. Whew, yeah. Uh, Mike says, I won't lie, though. It makes me a little sad. I've been here since the beginning, so I remember how much you've enjoyed Trek of the Past. But things do change, even if change is one of my worst things. Mm -hmm. Looks like a job for Changey, the change-hating sprite, I guess. 
My question then is this. Do you have any examples of things you've enjoyed in the past that you still love as much as you always have? The DC Animated Universe shows, Thanks Kids Love Batman, are a good example. I find them as fun and nuanced as ever. Anything else that still entertains you? I, as, and should I be as worried about Ghostbusters after sequel as I am? Ooh, I don't know about the about uh, I don't know mm-hmm. about that new Ghostbusters movie. I am not as attached to that franchise. I'm aware. Um, I don't know. Like, are you talking about like Star Trek specifically? I think or, like, he, what anything? he's saying is is like stuff you grew up on. Does it still hold up? Like, or is being uh, he didn't say this. These are my words. Mm-hmm. Is being a critical asshole ruining everything you like? Oh, absolutely not. Um, yeah. I will tell you what has gotten me through the last uh, 12 months, and that is reading 90s X-Men comics, which are objectively terrible. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but uh, I have been thoroughly enjoying uh, revisiting that part of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah, I, I reread old comics all the time, mm-hmm. and I have the same experience where if you were to read them, you'd be like, ugh, this is some 80s bullshit. Yep. I'm like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, I don't know. I like, I've been spending most of the, uh, last several months anyway, not the whole pandemic, but a large portion of it revisiting pretty much every classic animated and animated adjacent type show, yeah. by which I mean the Muppets, they're not animated, but they're not live action. Exactly. Uh, someone either. is animating them. So in a sense, yes. Um, but like we rewatched the Simpsons mm-hmm. up until the point where we decided to jump off. And anyway. yeah, we're doing that we, too. We watched Futurama, mm-hmm. King of the Hill. Uh, Bojack Horseman, The Muppet Show, mm-hmm. like just just comedy classics, yeah. and they all they all stand up. So you know, uh, there are things that, and particularly living with Amanda, who is much more critical than I am, mm-hmm. uh, things that I have fond memories of that I can't really watch with her because she will tell me why they're terrible. Sure, <laughs> it, what, what can you do? It's I have been having trouble consuming any kind of new media in the last year. It's like, I've heard that from a lot of people. Like I haven't read, I've read, I read maybe two novels last year and I usually read about one a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, this is a phenomenon I've heard yeah. from a lot of people. I think it's, it's a, it's a common thing and I think there's a reason for it, but I'm not sure what yeah, it is. I just, so like my main, the main thing I've been doing is reading. I've read a shit ton of comic books and I've just been working my way from eighties X-Men to current X-Men. Mm-hmm. That's That'll how I'm spending my time. It it has, but you know, I got yep. that Marvel Unlimited uh subscription, mm. so I basically have yeah, 70 years of comics that I can just flip through. It's kind of nice. Now, do you go down various rabbit holes when they spin off into different titles? Oh yeah. Uh it got yeah. weird like when it was in the 80s, I was only reading two books, but when it got into yeah. the 90s and like Yeah, everyone got their own title. Everyone's got a title and there's mini series and so I've been mm-hmm. jumping around a whole lot. It's been Yeah. It's been interesting. You know, now let me ask you this. Do you get out your seat and jump around and jump around? I have been I, I rarely get out of my seat. And ju- That's another thing I've mm-hmm. noticed, like over the last uh, 12 months or so, is that I'm not getting out of my seat and jumping around quite as much as I used to pre pandemic. Do you pack it up or pack it in? Now, let me begin now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's <sighs> see. Devlin mm-hmm. says, Hi, Devlin, please tell Armis that I love him. I know, baby. Now the Google, uh, I'm not going to do this for all of these, mm-hmm. but it, the possible responses are thanks, I will, I will, exclamation point, or okay, I will. Okay, I will. <laughs> okay, I will. Hey. Okay. Don't forget uh, this... about, don't you forget <laughs> about me. Now I'm picturing standing out in the rain like a like a sad uh, teen romance, but the rain is sort of melting Armis <laughs> into like 
<laughs> less solid than usual. Well, he holds a boombox over his head. Yeah. Although I guess okay. it would be like behind the camera, like behind him, and then he sh- th- thrusts one tentacle up into the air. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know he doesn't care because he's the skin of evil. Of course. I'm the skin of indifference, baby. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Our experience neither highs nor lows. <laughs> Star Trek The Generation X. Or uh-huh. Generation. Hey, that's my generation, uh. baby. Uh, this one also comes from Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Uh, Hannah says, hope I got this in before you recorded the final session. Yeah, if you not, did. that's okay. This matches it for you, after all, not your adoring fans. There are dozens of us. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you guys. I have no idea how many of you there are. Yeah, that's been the greatest mystery we've ever, uh, of the entire show. We have no idea I, how many people are out there. I also have very little desire to know at this point. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's nothing to do, like, that's everything to do with my neuroses and my, my you know, mm-hmm. just insecurity. If I find out there's five people, it will make me cry. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a lot more than five emails, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sad to hear you won't be returning to Pa, but I totally understand why. I probably wouldn't enjoy hearing you two slog your way through new Star Trek and not having a good time anyway. Oh, God, I'm getting Enterprise flashbacks. (laughs) Right there at the end of each episode. We're just doing this for fun. I've been loving Kids Love Batman, and I'm so happy you're still planning to put out new content for a long while yet, even if it's not Trek-related. Monday mornings are a little less shitty because I know there will be a new episode on my feed. Basically, I want to say congratulations on the amazing accomplishment that is Post-Atomic Horror, and thanks for being consistently hilarious and awesome. See y'all on the other show. Yeah. Well, I... We've we've promoted it before. We will promote it again. Mm-hmm. But we do a Star Trek fan fiction. Yeah. We, do, we are doing Star Trek on it. And it is on pause at the moment because I went pandemic crazy mm-hmm. and stopped writing. And I haven't written in six months and it's driving me fucking mad. But we will get back on the horse. Yep. It will. It is. It is definitely coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Endeavor already has like 15 episodes or no, like 18 episodes yeah. plus some shorts and like a, a big commentary episode. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff out there. You can always still hear us. What we think about Trek is just going to be sort of uh, done through fiction yeah. instead of direct commentary now. You can also, also, you know, we're also on Twitter. We're very on Twitter. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one comes from Flonk. Hi, Flonk. And Flonk says, Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> That's worth it to hear your... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coke. I'm gonna say Pepsi. That even cracked Mal up. <laughs> what the? Uh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this this one comes from James, who I know James has been working on a. Uh, you you may have known James as Howlett on the old Bendis. Board. Oh yeah. Uh, he's uh been working on a uh, uh podcast similar to what we do uh talking about power rangers and oh cool I, I don't think it's launched yet but he's i know he's been working on it so like he's he asked me a few questions about podcasting mm. and he's like uh said some very nice things about like what we do and everything and he says i just want to say from the bottom of my heart thank you guys for producing one of the most impressive and creatively inspiring podcasts i've ever come across i haven't been the most regular listener but i've dove back along the timeline when able and you guys have done uh, nothing but be fun entertaining and as someone working on his own podcast to come pretty damn intimidating your work has been incredible your work ethic second to none You've reached a point in the franchise where the love isn't there for the present, but you can still tell the love is uh, for what already to come. The bad hasn't diminished the good for you. Your guys are an absolute blast, and I have nothing but praise for you. Congratulations on producing a series that's run this long. I followed you on A Kid's Love Batman, but again, I find myself have a hard time following regularly. The thing is, we make so much stuff. We yeah. certainly don't expect it. Like, 
if you don't have an hour a week and that piles up, I know that oh, doesn't yeah. sound like much, but it's like if you miss a month, suddenly you got five hours to mm-hmm. listen to like, ugh, yeah, I get it. He says, but my toddler's getting to recognize superheroes, so I'll be introducing him to Batman soon and nice. plan to follow every two episodes a week with an episode of your podcast on that night. He's already listened to one episode of yours and gotten a laugh out of it. Uh, awesome. I, I know I'm there's... sorry about all the curse words he's going to learn from me. Well, that's what I was about to say. There's a disclaimer at the beginning that says this show is not for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, James is from Ireland and swears more than you. Wow. So his kid, I'm sure, probably already knows. Oh, awesome. Uh, well done, guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, if we can be a tenth as good as you guys, I consider that a massive success. Well, I know he and the person he's doing it with, Alicia, are mm. very funny, and I'm sure his show will be great. Thank you. Um, this one comes from Troy. Hi, Troy. This is uh, Tr- Troy Tull Power, who I think oh, you yeah. know. Uh, hello, folks. I found Post-A-To sometime around when my son was born in late 2019. My wife and I were sprinting through Voyager, so she'd be up to date on it before Picard came out. And your goofs made me made my rewatch a lot more fun and ended up helping to inspire me to start my own Trek podcast with some friends. Oh, wow. It's called Too Young for This Trek, but please <laughs> don't feel any obligation to mention that part if you read this email. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I've, I've talked to Troy on, on Twitter. I know this isn't like uh, buzz marketing or whatever. Uh, weirdly, I think I actually found post to toe a few years ago because I was looking on Twitter for other folks who were at the Portland... M-B-M... What is this? M-B-M-B-A-M? Oh, Bim Bam. That's my brother and my brother and me, the podcast that we listen to. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Uh, And virtually waved at and then followed Mallory. And then sometime later, she treated or retreated something about Star Trek. And then there we go. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway, I've gone back now and rewatched the original series. I'm about halfway through watching Next Gen, and I'm at the very end of watching Enterprise along with your episodes, and it's been a super fun ride. Did you know that being in lockdown and having a newborn leads to a lot of time to watch Star Trek and listen to folks make goofs about it? Neat. Mm. I imagine that, I would be the, that would be true. Once I clean up the other series, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on DS9, my favorite franchise, and my, ser- my favorite series in the franchise. Oh. And guess what? It's ours, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'll strap in, man. It'll be weird, though, to move through that series, knowing that it'll mean I'm near the end of hearing you two and all your wonderful guests talking about Star Trek. I'm loving Kids Love Batman. I'm only halfway through the episodes of Endeavor, and when I find time, re- I'm excited uh, for Death of Podcasts, but post Atomic Horror will always be the show I think of first. Well, thanks. thanks. We appreciate that. Yeah. This one comes from Mel. Mel says, Hi, Mel. No, no question. Just wanted to say thanks for Pa. I started listening in 2013, no, I Sorry. think. <laughs> and it's been with me through a lot. Me and my brother still make bad bet at math Cisco jokes all the time. <laughs> Wishing you best in your future endeavors. Thank you so Thanks, much. Mel. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Uncle Bradford. Uncle Bradford also did a lot of very good art for us. He's the one who did that sort of uh, animated series style. Yes. Artwork. So uh, good. Thank you. Yeah. He's done like four or five different things. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Like he did some just like fan art and I was like, this. I want to pay you to do more of yeah. this because this is excellent. <laughs> Uh, he says, the past decade has been better because of you. Thanks. Thank you. That is very Really sweet. nice to hear. Yeah. And this really, this show wasn't an excuse for us to read a lot of praise for us. It is very nice, particularly mm-hmm. in these times. But this is, this was not the point of this, just to be clear. Yeah. It sounds like we're just patting ourselves on the back for two hours. I think after 10, after 10 years, we're allowed. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Lauren, who uh, I uh, I know on Twitter is a, another great artist, actually does uh, caricatures, does excellent caricatures. He drew, do you remember the artwork? It's quite some time ago mm. now when we were doing DS9. He drew uh, 
Kira and Gul Dukat. Oh, Gul Dukat as, as Wiley Coyote chasing. Yeah. Yes. That's on your wall, yeah. right? Yeah. Or uh, on your, like, your one of your backgrounds or something. Yeah, I have a, like, all the different art that I love from our, yeah. from our shows, and I have that. Yeah. No, I've seen that a million times. I love that. Uh, yeah. I love that drawing. And he's, he does, like, very sort of classic caricature style. Mm. Like, he's, he's like, uh, I'm not sure if he's a professional artist or not, but he should be because he's just excellent work. Uh, and he says, I don't know if I'm already too late to say this, but I want to congratulate you on your accomplishments making to the Delta Quadrant and back for contributing such a valuable resource for Trekkies Trekkers. Just the alternate titles alone have remembered, helped me remember which episode I'm watching. Is it Exocomp? <laughs> the Borg are everywhere? What about Edith Keeler must die? Surely not <laughs> Bever fucks a ghost. <laughs> In all seriousness, thanks to you and your guest host for making me laugh and keeping me company through the ups and downs of the last seven years. Change is inevitable as we all move forward. Spock said to Valeris, history is replete with turning points. He also said nature abhors a vacuum. And I'm very happy to continue our relationship on Kids Love Batman and other shows. Yeah, I wanted to, like, I I hope it is clear that we love our guests very much, mm-hmm. too. Like, they were an integral part of this show, and we brought all of them over to Kids Love Batman because we they're all our friends, and, and they're very funny people and very interesting people. And I wanted to do this the way we did that one supplemental where, they, where everyone was on, and it's just impossible yeah. given everyone's schedule right now, unfortunately. Yeah. But It's almost like things are really busy and hectic for everybody right now. Yeah, um, but I, I want like, as we're closing everything out and, and saying, oh, yeah, we did a great job. Mm-hmm. You know what? This show wouldn't be half of what it was if we didn't have like the great guests. Oh, yeah. Those guys are all they all make the show like so much better. Yeah. Incredible people. Yeah. Um, and that uh, that supplemental we did where it was like, I think it ended up being 13 of us. Yep. That's one of the best things that like, was, across every project I've ever worked on. That's one of my favorite things we've ever done. That was, that's still one of those things where if I'm super depressed, I'll put that on. I can't listen to our shows, but that's me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I see that. I just, I just go back to my memory of it. Now our show, our, our shows are real good because my memory sucks. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, mine a, does too, but it's a real good way to be like, uh, I think I'll listen to, uh, some of my friends talked to me for a while. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Brewtown Andy. He says, hey. hello, hello, lads. While the show may be ending, it's not over for me. I'm still back on episode 335, <laughs> the second season premiere of Enterprise. I greatly enjoy Florida Man Trip so far. <laughs> Get used to that. Anyway, I have a question about reasons for ending the show. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to a non-pop podcast with TV critic Alan Sepinwall. He's great, by the way, mm. uh, as a guest. A discussion of WandaVision led to a discussion of the production of TV in general. Sepinwall mentioned rewatching TNG with his son recently and was like, and liked the, oh, this episode is next experience. Mm. He then talked about all the new CBS All Access shows and the lack of here's the thing we're doing for this week only episodes in Discovery and Picard. He specifically cited the Rikers episode of Picard as one good one because it was something different. And I remember how much you guys liked the Harry Mudd time loop episode Mm -hmm. of Discovery. I skipped ahead while I watched the show. Anyway, the point here is I was wondering if your general lack of interest in continuing pause because when you watch a Star Trek TV show, what you're getting is a series of 10 hour long Star Trek movies instead. I am and always will be your friend, Brutton Andy. You're not wrong. that, uh, That is not my experience. I Because movies know where they're going and have a an ending that was planned from the beginning. Yeah. And I feel like most of the serialized shows Trek's doing right now don't feel like that. Yeah. But I, that said, there is like, and, and something I didn't mention to you when I was sort of recapping mm. Disco was for the first mm, five or six episodes, they were doing them sort of standalone. Like it's certainly, oh. like, they, they walked that nice balance of like, 
each episode was telling its own story and doing its own thing and had its own tone, but was sort of contributing to the serial. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing. That that was but like then, the episode. Then they that, got away from that. Yeah. The episodes of Disco that like really stuck out to me have all been like that. You know, like he Bruton and Andy mentioned the uh the uh uh the Harry Mudd episode, but yeah. like uh, Saru on like the weird singing planet. That was another one that yeah. I really loved. That was sort of a well, weird one off. This was a criteria that I that I told you before. Like, I've mentioned this a bunch of times that I apply to the to shows, which is, am I going to watch this again? Yeah. And do I ever want to watch this again? And for streaming shows, if the whole season isn't great, I usually give it a pass. Mm-hmm. But if there are standout episodes, I will. So I guess in that regard, you're right. Yeah. Because, yeah, I would watch those episodes again. And there's one or two from this current season, and there's one or two from last season yeah. of Disco that I would watch. But it's just but, like, I got no interest in like having to go through all of season one again, and it's story that is meandering, meandering and, pointless. and pointless and spends too much time in the Mirror Universe, which is boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Lieutenant Ash Tyler, who is terrible. Yeah, and season two, which I remember so little about. <laughs> well, Pike was good. Oh, yeah, Pike was good. But then they got into that Red Angel junk, and yeah. it wasn't good. That's all, like, every time I sort of try and remember season two, all I can think of is that fucking Red Angel. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. So dumb. You know? And there and was Spock good there being... was good stuff in that season, you know? There was. There was, a, there was a whole episode that was an homage to the cage that was very good. Yeah! Oh, my God. Spock? That, that, uh, that had the best uh, previously on of any TV show I've ever seen. Yeah. Spock, once he wasn't crazy, was yeah. quite good. Yeah. I didn't want to like him, but I did. I'm remembering all this now. And just like, all, like seriously, all I think of when I when I think of Disco Season 2 is just the boring crap. That sucks. Yeah, I know. I made myself no, sad. Every season of Discovery of the three has had excellent standout moments with great characters, mm-hmm. but it's all overshadowed by the the pointless, like, season-long stories. Well, and. I rewatch a lot of shows. Like, that's one of my, like, it's usually like a wind down before bed. Sure. Thing. Like, I ha- I do plenty with my time. It's just, this is a sort of a mindless thing. But I also, as a writer, mm-hmm. it's nice to study things that I like and think about how they work. Like, I, I, I do both. I enjoy it, but I also think about it, you know, like, how can I, how can I take this apart and make it my own? Yeah. You know, and like, and this, the serialized shows, the shows from, say, the last five years since streaming really took mm-hmm. off five to ten years let's say that i rewatched have to hold together as a whole season yeah. like i've rewatched like i and the sopranos is an older one that that does that but like you got like your breaking bad mm-hmm. or uh, bojack horseman yep. but otherwise most modern shows i'll watch and then give up on because i don't want to sit through yeah you know however many episodes because some of them are good and some of them aren't mm-hmm. you know so yeah, you might be right, Andy. I mean, my initial reaction was no, but you might you might be right yeah. about that. Okay, know. this one this one comes from Dan. Hi, Dan. Uh, this is probably too late. No, no, you, just you made got it. it. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry to see Pa sunset, but I'm also glad y'all are doing something you feel passionately about. We're getting a lot of y'all this time. Yeah, Where'd y'all you from learn that? Hattiesburg. <laughs> <laughs> um. My question is, having gone through all of Star Trek as of pre-COVID times and having some negative experiences with it recently, do you still like slash think positively of Star Trek? And if so, what do you like? If not, what do you think has changed? I mean... I, I don't think COVID has anything to do with it. But yeah. I, I understand that it might for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
no, I still like I ask myself this because like we are still doing it. Yeah, we have had this conversation off mic before. Do, do I do I do like I, Star Trek still? I and again, I hate to be that guy who's like, well, I stopped liking it when I was, you know, when the show that I watched in my twenties ended. Yeah, no. That's, it no. can win me back. It can 100% win me back. That's how this all started, mm-hmm. was J.J. Abrams won me back with that first movie. Yeah. Like, it's... I'm waiting for them to do something I like. Mm-hmm. I, I hope... I Honestly, right now, most of my hopes are in Strange New Worlds. That one yeah. looks the most promising to me. I don't know, of the of the projects coming up, is there anything that jumps out at you? Not really. I mean, okay. I'm hoping they'll do another, uh, another uh, Abrams-style movie, like the yeah, Kelvin movie. That'd be good. I like those guys. Um, well, they can now intermingle uh, the two things. That's cool. I don't know that they will. Mm-hmm. In in Discovery, one of the things, and this was a this was kind of a background sort of Easter egg kind of thing, but they talked about, oh, it was in the Georgiou's dying episode. Mm. They talked about people who had that trouble, and they talked about someone jumping over from a different universe, and it was related to... Um, uh, uh, Nero. It was one of Nero's guys. Okay, that's kind of cool. So it was like someone jumped over to another universe that where Vulcan blew up or something mm-hmm. like like they they acknowledge the Abrams universe basically like yeah. it's it's a thing they can they can talk about mm. now. So maybe they could do a crossover. Yeah. Maybe they could do some interesting thing. Who knows? I might be down for that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad the uh, Tarantino movie is apparently dead in the water because everything about that sounded god awful. I've I maintain. That if there's tons and tons of Star Trek coming out and it's just one thing among many, it mm-hmm. would be an interesting artifact. But if it's the only Star Trek movie we get in five years, yeah, then eh, not not so much. Yeah. Um, last minute pitch for a you and Amanda make Al play Bioware games. Yeah, no, not doing <laughs> that. Not doing that. Do not give a single fuck about yeah. video games. Unless they got Mario in them, I don't mm-hmm. care. Uh, Tidro says... Hi, Tidro. Thank you so much for all your dedicated years of Star Trek reviewing. I watched along with you for every episode, excluding the animated show. So you didn't watch for every episode. That just makes me think you might be a quitter, Terrence. That's what it makes me think, too. Mm -hmm. And it was so much fun to see what you had to say about each episode. You almost made Enterprise bearable, even. Well, I mean, you had to come on and talk about it, too, Tidro. So there you go. Thanks for your hard work. I'll see you on Klub. (laughs) Yeah, she's one of our regular guests that we have on that show as well. And that is the official designation of it by the way Mm -hmm. down at the club David says hello guys I'll miss your Star Trek takes you helped me uh, you've helped me be a better person I I had to reread that like no someone's not saying that come on by giving me good examples kept us being better people uh, by gi- by being good examples of how to improve, help me being a better critic by being that. You've walked through all of Star Trek from its heights in DS9 to its lows with Discovery. No, it's lows where Enterprise yeah. Discovery had good moments. Yep. Until finally Trek just melted into a bland mush. I, I don't think that's exactly true, but that's all right. But he says, like Armus. <laughs> uh, may the DC universe never suffer the same fate as Star Trek, and may we at some point have good new Trek to watch again. Um... Right now, we know that we're going to like most of what we're doing. Yep, it's nice. They are tacking on a new show at the end, though, maybe. Yeah, so we we'll might see. have the Enterprise thing happening again. We've also, uh, if you, we've said this before, but uh, if you enjoy watching us suffer, uh, there's always the Patreon specials. That's true. Uh, for, for Kids Love Batman, every month we review one of the direct video DC Comics uh, uh, movies and. We have not liked most of those. Most of them have been very bad. <laughs> when they're adapted from comics, we particularly like mm-hmm. like New Frontier or All-Star Superman. We like them okay, yep. but 
otherwise not so much uh this one comes from jason our, our old friend jason who lives down near you hi jason uh, he says, with this being the last pass supplemental, I had to write in with my appreciation for this podcast and its venerable hosts. I think that's us. Are we venerable? I mean, we must be at this point, right? Well, I guess so. I could not easily count the times I've laughed out loud or had to rewind to listen to something I missed. From dick bats to Cisco not being able to count, and of course my favorite, Armus. This has been a wonderful podcast filled with wonderful memories. As a person with depression, I can't express how great it was just to listen to you guys uh, riff on the absurdities of Trek. Seriously, Al does the best Grand Nagus. I forgot about my Grand Nagus. Oh, your Grand Nagus is very good. Quark! <laughs> I could continue to listen to the bits that delighted me no end and still do that uh, in summation. Thank you for this beautifully weird experiment that is the post-atomic horror. Well, thank you. And it was, and it was no triple at all. <laughs> and then I'm not sure what he's doing. Like, the very end of it, in all caps, says, fine. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what he meant. I think it's a typo. <sighs> but it just ends with, Fine. <laughs> I know, Jason. He's very sweet, and I doubt he would say just say fine. Fine. He probably meant to say something else, but it makes me laugh. Uh, venerable means accorded a great deal of respect, especially because of age, wisdom, or character. And no, that's not us at all. That just makes me think of Mark Twain and how little he is that because of Star Trek mm-hmm. for me. Tom Star Trek Travis. made me hate Mark Twain. Ugh, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Uh, he can't from... hurt you anymore. Uh, yeah, he can. <laughs> and probably will somehow. Mark Twain must show up at some point in D.C. somehow. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, just, that just feels inevitable. You look like you might be some kind of Batman. Some kind of a... <gasps> ta- oh, no. <laughs> okay. This one comes Me from my Richard good Thorne. Friend Jonah Hex. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from Rich DeThorne. Rich, Rich has written original score uh-huh. for Endeavor for every episode. He's written this amazing uh, theme music for it and, and actual score for every single episode. And he is a top-notch composer that yep. we are so lucky to, to have access to. Yeah. Uh, he says, so Trek has either introduced me to or reinforced the majority of my interests. World building, tech manuals and the like, music, duh, visual effects and design, science, physics, and astronomy, but I realized what first pulled me in was with his characters. It's my first real impression of it was reading a novelization of the first three episodes of the animated series. Hmm. I knew what Kirk and Spock looked like, but everyone else, minus Chekhov, existed in my reader brain before seeing an episode. Uh, I had a few ideas for questions to ask, but I feel like you've likely seen or thought of them already. Like, do you have a good thing, bad thing for each series as a whole? I actually, that's not a bad, like, you want to do that now? Yeah, we could do that. Gosh. Like, that's, that's. That that's his throwaway question, but I th- I, I kind of like that's that. That's not bad. Uh, I can't promise I'll be able to do one right off the top of my head for everything, but yeah, I give it a shot. All right, the original series. All right, good thing. Um, I love the uh, I love just the uh, the aesthetic. Honestly, like yeah, thinking yeah. back on that show, uh, just, just how colorful it is. And so the, yeah, it's so good and just 60s well, it's and... got that yeah it's got that batman 66 just colorful sort of uh, pop art vibe to it it's beautiful and it makes me happy you know like yeah still yeah. i'll like i fondly think back on the original series i um, mean not plato's stepchildren but sure no but you know yeah that's a sh- that's um, also that's a show i can put on and like watch still you know yeah yeah that's fair me too um, I, my good thing I would say would be the core friendship, the Kirk, Bach, Spock, Bones. Yeah. Like that's always been from, from minute one. And it, it, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad thing for that. I said mine, Plato's stepchildren. Yeah. That's episode. a bad one. 
Yep, real bad. <sighs> the ham-fisted uh, allegorical episodes where uh, oh, yeah. uh, Gene was desperate to make you think that he was uh, clever. So the Omega Glory, basically. Yeah, the Omega Glory. I mean, there are other ones like that, mm-hmm. but that one sort of embodies all that to me. And uh, Shatner, he can fuck right off. Wow. I like Kirk. I have... Fuck Shatner. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, next gen. Next gen. Oh, God. I don't know. You go first. Mm. You just got me when I took a drink of water. Ha <laughs> uh, Let's see. Good thing. Um, I like a lot about that show. I, it's hard to narrow yeah. it down to one particular thing. I don't know. I just, like, I'm going to cop out and mm-hmm. say Captain Picard. All like, right. Not, not Patrick Stewart is a great actor. I'm not going to mm-hmm. cop out that far. But I will say the character of Captain Picard, who had an arc through the entire series that we didn't realize going in, yeah, gradually became like more friendly, more personable, like embraced the Enterprise crew as yeah. his family. And that continued into the show Picard, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Like nobody else in that show really got much. Like they got some development, but mm-hmm. nobody really had a full on arc yeah. the way he did. Uh, oh, what about you? Jordy. I love Jordy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the thing is, Jordy's kind of a creep and kind of like the things he does should be unlikable, but he's so likable. He that just that was that a character I love spending time with when we were watching the show, you know? Yeah. I like but that guy. When, when you think about the things he did so much, you're not wrong. It's like, ugh, that guy's kind of that guy kind of sucks. Don't but do that, Jordy. You can't think of it that way. Yeah. You just think LeVar Burton and the way he played him was just so much like, aw, mm-hmm. this guy's great. I want to I want to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, PS9. Yeah. Um, ooh, I mean, everything. <laughs> no, not everything. I adore Deep Space Nine. It's still the best science fiction show I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to go not with everything. The, uh, the combination of uh, Star Trek and religion. Okay. Which has always yeah, been... You and I both not, like, if you told us that before we'd seen DS9, we both it would have been an extremely hard sell for both of us. Yeah. Um, just the way it walks that line so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Kai Wen, the best fuck, Kai Wen and Gold Dukat, the two best fucking villains Trek has ever had and probably will ever have. Trek has so much problem, we've said this over and over again, has so much problem with villains, mm-hmm. but, but that show really nailed it. Yep. Um... I'm going to go, like, I'm trying to keep mine mostly character-based. Sure. I, for no particular reason. I mean, that's just, who, that's what you can expect yeah. from most episodes, you know? Yeah. No, but I mean, for all the series, yeah. I'm trying to, like, think of in terms of characters, because that's usually what I do. And I'm going to say Kira's arc over the course of the series. Yeah. Becoming this, like, fuck you Federation, I don't, we don't want your help mm-hmm. Starfleet, get out of here, to literally putting on a Starfleet uniform and helping Cardassians yep. liberate their home world. Just oh, so good. And, mm-hmm. and it all felt maybe they didn't plan it out beat by beat, but I bet they had a uh, an overall sort of vague idea of where she was going. Yep. And it just felt so deliberate and and very well pulled off. Mm-hmm. And, and Nana Visitor did an excellent job yep. and just very, very good. That's just so fucking good. Like it is. I mean, let's be clear. There's some shit there. Oh, yeah. It's not perfect. And there's some missteps and there's some like some of the ending still doesn't sit right yep. with me. It just felt rushed and weird and. Mm-hmm. Like, the second half of the finale is, like, oh, right, and Cisco 
having won the war, now has to go fight the devil. Yeah, that's, yeah. Who is called Dukat. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, getting back yeah. to the religious stuff, that's a little bit of a misstep, but... Uh, I liked all the prophets stuff, I really did. But but, uh, but Dukat becoming, the like, the head of the evil prophets was a bit too far, yeah. I thought. So let's, let's not pretend they got everything perfect. Yeah, though, but it's still it's still my favorite. Oh, absolutely. You know, like... No, it showed me what Trek was capable mm -hmm. of, and... I want them so much to live up to the promise of that. I don't want that to, I don't want to be that, that bitter fan who says the best show was 30 years ago. Like, I hate that yeah. kind of fan. I really do. I don't want to be one of those people, but they gotta, they gotta meet me halfway mm -hmm. here, man. Uh, so bad thing for DS9. Bad thing for Deep Space Nine. Hmm. I mean, I know there's definitely some. I got three words for you. Prophet and Lace. Oh, God. Yeah, fuck that episode to death. I mean, also fuck past tense, which is I know what everyone thought I was going to say, but Prophet and Lace, kind of worse in some ways. Uh, Prophet and Lace is, wor is worse in so many ways. Jesus God. Yeah, but also fuck past tense. Let's be clear. Yeah, definitely. I never came around on that. Everyone, everyone, all our guests mm -hmm. and most, if not all of our listeners kept trying to convince us and i keep seeing it on lists of the greatest star yeah. trek and the greatest like it is not it is bad mm -hmm. and we will just always disagree on this people i'm so glad you're on my side yep. on this one because i'm usually on my own on these <laughs> things uh what is your bad thing for oh god um if you took profit and lace and past tense uh i'm gonna say rom i mean i didn't take past tense you can if you want i uh. just I, what I was saying is I bet people expected me to say that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Ram is friend to all children. He is not friend a child, to all so. children. So shout mm -hmm. out to all children listening to this show. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, well, I guess it's too late now. Uh huh. Hello, Almost children. 500 episodes in. How are you? Uh-huh. I am fine. We are ending our show. Mm -hmm. a weird place right. to start, but whatever. All right. Uh, Voyager. Good thing is Janeway. Oh yeah. Uh especially considering how I felt about her going yeah, in. Yeah, we both went in thinking we hated her and we were both very pleased and to be wrong about that. She's the she's easily the best part of that show. She's fantastic oh, yeah. and I love her. Yeah, no doubt. Um bad thing I'm going to say Harry Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My bad thing is Chicote cuz Yeah. Uh and my good thing is one of the very obvious ones, but it's another character driven 7 of 9. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that, and we said this at the time, here's our tits and ass character. Yep, she shouldn't be good, but... Uh... No, and she ended up being one of the greatest, you know. I mean, also Naomi Wildman, but I feel like that doesn't count because mm -hmm. we just used her on our show. Yep. But, so, yeah, some of time. Mm -hmm. Well, she was good um, enough on that show for us to go, let's make a show about her. Well, I mean, there was a lot of thought that went into mm -hmm. that, and we didn't want to copy another show but like taking one character who was decades older so we could make her what yeah. we wanted but also have a nod like you know it's, it's, it's like that i think that was a good choice yeah um enterprise good thing well yes. there's my boy okay uh i love trip and there's also my boy porthos mm -hmm. that's You're all i got boy. yes bad thing Mm -hmm. Where to start? Uh, well, I'm going to go with uh, Archer, the worst person. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say Archer leaving the crew to die by stealing their engine. Which, I mean, which is one they the. Will you agree with me on this? Yep. The low point in Star Trek. Oh yeah. Like, not the poorly written, most poorly written episode. Not the stupidest episode. Just the worst thing they've done. Yep. Just terrible. Fucking yes. Terrible. Yep. Just like there have been worse episodes, mm-hmm. and there have been worse written and and dumber ideas. But just in terms of watching our heroes do something bad and yep. never making up for it, or like. Uh, just yeah and like being celebrated as heroes for it you know yep and continuing to be throughout like modern canon Uh, okay um discovery disco uh tilly i love tilly what (laughs) yeah i mean i do fucking easy i adore her yeah I'm going to say Michael Burnham, and I know that is a controversial choice among some of our listeners, mm-hmm. but I like what a train wreck she is. I oh, said yeah. this earlier. I like what an absolute clusterfuck of a trash fire she is. Yep. What What I don't like is that she never, apart from the very opening moments of the series, never fall, like never suffers any consequences mm-hmm. for those actions. But I love that she keeps doing them, and she, like, she's she's such a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's a very calculated, deliberate, well written mess. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And well performed. I just I hear so many like particularly when we said we were ending it and mm-hmm. people like I got a handful of tweets from people who were like, Yeah, Michael Burnham sucks, huh? Like, no, she doesn't. No. She's great. Yeah. And Stephen sorry. Martin Green is amazing. Like Yes, I think she's very even even our pal Vichel, who we love mm-hmm. and and I almost never agree with him though, and this is one of them, was saying he and his brother were watching and just thinking she's like the worst actor. And I Michelle always has well thought out yeah. opinions that I just don't agree with. But I completely disagree with yeah. that. No, she's great. Um, I uh, the, thing, the thing the thing oh, with Disco has always been the I, I love the characters so much. I wish they were doing more interesting things. Yeah. Uh Picard. I think Picard is a very good return to that character, you know? Especially after the shittiness of the last movie. Yeah, that that redeemed um, uh, nemesis and gave us a good send off uh i didn't like the ending obviously we Uh talked about this but yeah that 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 should have been the send-off it should have been picard died and that's the end of his story yeah but i was super prepared to think it was terrible and it's just it's been a really good pickup of sort of where he ended up like it all i would say seven or eight of the ten episodes were good Mm -hmm. like it, it was mostly good and then it lost me at the end yeah um for me, I'm not going to go with a character-based thing this time. Right. I'm just going to say Rios because Rios was great. Yeah, he is. I love him. That wasn't really... Like, it was mostly about his aesthetic and the way he was played. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really so much about his character development. It's, it's just, just a fun character. I really like hanging out with that guy. Cool, sexy, fun guy. It's like the f- first time Star Trek has ever done a good Han Solo character. Yeah, that is true. Like, and they always try to do it. Like, Star Trek wants I to know. be Star Wars so badly sometimes. I know they do, and there's so much of that in the current season of Disco. And some of it's like some of the action sequences pull it off, mm. but then some of it's like, ugh. Uh, my bad thing for Picard is, I was so disappointed. Like, it was so much wasted potential trying to show us more Romulan stuff. Some of it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, absolute candor was good. The whole idea of of all that. Yep, that was neat. Um, but. It bugged me a lot that Star Trek's stance to this day mm-hmm. on the Romulans is you can't trust them. Everything about their culture is about lying. Yeah. 
that's such a shitty way to look at your at your adversaries mm-hmm. when Star Trek is supposed to be about embracing other cultures and seeing their point of view. Yeah. No, those those Romulans, they're real shifty. They're they're real uh, unscrupulous. They're real what's inscrutable. Yeah, That's inscrutable. the word I want. Ugh. Yeah. Just it's like it's not racist cuz they're not a real race, mm-hmm. but in universe it is. Yeah. That's the thing we've tried to be very aware of writing Endeavor is like if humans are white people. Yeah. Just imagine your characters saying well, you know what all people from this place are like. Ugh, it's yeah. super shitty. Don't write it like yeah. that. So, all right. Anyway, Rich's actual questions mm-hmm. are best music slash worst music in Trek. You and Matt arguing about score in Club cracks me up, so I feel like this is sadly missed ground. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to score for the most part. It's not like something I sort of pick up on unless it really gets a reaction out of me. I um, do. Oh, I, I know. I have all the music. I have it on when I'm writing, usually. Like, I, I like it. Well, and also, you make music now. Like, uh, that's that's being generous. I Listen, you make okay. music. I have seen you make music now, okay? I mean, I... Uh, I it's not, like, I, I don't think of those as being the same thing. I, I can listen to a pop song mm-hmm. and maybe think I could possibly emulate that, but score is a whole other level of stuff that I... I there's no way music in general baffles me it's just one of those things where it's like i don't understand how anyone can do this it's well all right that's just that that's been how i have felt like that my entire life i just i don't I get it i do not I feel understand it i feel like that about other things yeah i get it um the best boy yeah i, I mean i i don't like i love the bombastic original series stuff so much yep that like you talk about having an episode on as just sort of comfort food. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can put the score on and get that same feeling. Yeah. That 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 music does it for me. Mal and I were just talking about the uh, the uh, the mock time theme mm-hmm. the other day. You know, like yeah. that's one that really stands out for me. Actually, you talk about music I played. That is one thing I'm going to try to learn on the bass. Is that that sort of mournful Spock theme Ooh, that's played on nice. the bass? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Um. I, there was that period during most of the Rick Berman shows, and, and we found out in the uh, the 50-year mission mm-hmm. that Rick Berman deliberately wanted the music to be bland. Uh, and he succeeded. Yeah, what he said was, don't write anything that stands out from anything else. All the all the music should be, like, sort of middle of the pack. It, yeah. should, it should just be sort of bland. And like that, he didn't say bland, but it's... Anytime they tried to do something a little out of the box, he would he would shoot it down. I mean, that's true of most things on Trek for... I know, I hate Herman. that so much. I That guy prob- sucks I, so yeah, much. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. But, so, like, not a lot of the music from that era stands out to me. I like the music in disco. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my favorite Trek music, though, is the, uh, and I think I'm saying this right, Michael Giacchino score from the abrams movies particularly the first Ooh. one but all all three of them yeah yeah that's a good that's good stuff that's some good memorable track music yeah and the... when i was so excited about that first movie remember when we were both like oh star trek's back yeah. this is great and we should make a podcast that... about it for 10 years no it was before it was before that yeah but it was in that period after you see a movie in the theater before you get it on video mm-hmm. where you're just like you want to keep that excitement alive, and I just played the score over and yeah. over and over and over again. It was so good. I so I that's that's my best. That's my favorite one. Mm. So you don't you don't really have any 
Not really. I like uh, I like a lot of the uh, original series stuff just because it stands out. Mm-hmm. But you know, like that's kind of it. Like, mm. all right. I think I like the theme song, the original series theme song. Oh, of course. Now, with with or without lyrics. Uh, I don't remember the the lyrics, so I'm going to say without. Okay, they go like this. No matter where they go, they are known as the couple. <laughs> it's it's one of those situations where they wrote lyrics so they could pick, like so Gene could pick up an extra couple Fucking of bucks. Yeah, you know. Um, I one of the missed opportunities I thought was in Trials and Tribulations. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do score like the old score, and I think Berman or somebody told them they couldn't. Yeah, of course. So they had, so they they nailed the look of yeah. '60s track, but it sounded like that bland '90s yeah. track music, and I was like, "Come on, guys! Yeah, you're you're, recre- you're you're literally on the bridge of the original Enterprise. You got to have that music. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't have the ugh. nope." And then Rich says, "Who is the best scientist slash worst scientist in Star Trek?" Hmm. Ooh. Now that doesn't necessarily mean science officer. Scientist. Scientist. It gotta be Janeway, mm-hmm. right? Best scientist. Yeah. All right. I can see that. Um. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Dax. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm trying to think of people who did, like, who I thought of as just sort of the embodiment of, of, like, sort of frontier science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Janeway. And, yeah, I, I think it's also Dax. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, worst the worst scientist. scientist. Again, not science officer necessarily. Yeah, but, but that's usually the, that's the easiest go to. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like Carol Marcus is up there in my best scientists. Yeah, See, there's yeah. an example of not a science officer. Mm, let's see. I have an answer, but I will wait and see. No, go ahead. Is. I'll. Uh... Okay, let me put it this way. I have your answer. All right. The scientists studying the effects of warp. Uh, the warp drive on the on the galaxy in in that episode that you hated so much. Oh yeah, those guys suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that uh-huh. episode. Yeah. See, told you. Uh-huh. I knew what your I knew what your answer was even when you didn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you hated that one. I did. I would. That was a very. That was a good example of a middle a middling episode to I me. Mean, I didn't care, but mm-hmm. you hated it. <laughs> I was so mad. I know. That's okay. We had, like, you know, mm-hmm. we've been in, in in the reverse position, too. I just, that's that's a time where I didn't have to be mad. <laughs> God. Now, now, you go back and listen to the episode, I was probably furious, but my memory is that I didn't hate it. Sure. So. Um, worst scientist. Ooh, um, boy. I don't know. Who invented Archer? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. and Mr. Archer. No, no, that's not science. That's an abomination. Ugh. Um, I don't know. Uh, pass. I'm sorry. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, best sound design in Trek. I think this is gonna be another one that you don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of thoughts on, and uh, again, this know. is not stuff I pay attention to. I stuff I pay a lot of attention to, particularly now that we're making a Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I'm very proud of with Endeavor is that uh, with season two, I went back and made like all these sounds are now original. I started using sort of stock Star Trek effects. And I wanted to move away from that and try to use our own. So I tried to 
like create a transporter sound effect, for instance, that sound that makes you know it's the transporter. It sounds like a transporter, mm-hmm. but it's it's made by me and it's unique to our show. Yeah. So, and the communicator and all that stuff, like when you walk on the bridge. Um, what I like about pretty much every incarnation of Trek mm-hmm. is you start with those very classic original series sounds that we all know. We know what the what it sounds like when you go on the bridge. You know what it sounds like when the door opens. Mm-hmm. You know what it sounds like when you fire a phaser. And each successive show, up to and including the most current season of Discovery, which is set way in the future, builds on that. And they're always using those familiar elements, but changing them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love in Next Gen, everything still seems like the original series, but it's new. And, yeah. it, and it just, it, they've always done that. So I don't know that I have a favorite. I like the sound design in all the shows. And I like, I think... I might say my least favorite would be Voyager because they didn't really add anything. It was all the same stuff from Next Gen. And yeah. It's the same with all the production elements of Voyager. It was all just like, this is a Next Gen era show on a Next Gen era ship and everything looks and sounds the same. Yeah. You're not wrong. In but, fact, you're right. Yeah. So I don't I don't know that I have a favorite yeah. necessarily. But like, my least favorite is Voyager because it was so unimaginative. Yeah. Okay. And they could have done the thing where it's like, like on DS9 where it's like, Half the ship is made up of like alien technology that sounds different, so you don't have all the stock stuff. Well, we were stuff. saying that for years that like, yeah, like Voyager should have come back to the Alpha Quadrant like covered in weird alien technology and like, yeah, and not this, not like half Voyager and half one alien. It should be all patchwork, yeah. weird, like a mixture of a lot of stuff. Okay, final question. All right, comes from this is very appropriate, Gav Brown, yeah. Irish Gav Brown, who has joined us for every series finale of every series. <laughs> so it's very fitting that he wrote us the very last evening. Yep. Just seen it's your last show, end of an era. However, we quit first, <laughs> trendsetters that we are. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, after Frasier appearing as a captain in Cause and Effect, which sitcom characters would make a good Star Trek crew? Ooh. We talked about the Parks and Rec because we were on a Parks and Rec thing mm-hmm. when that show was on. Yep. So that's a, that's an obvious one. Parks and Rec would have been a great, uh, like, that works out real well. But, I mean, like, I guess that's just part of ha- being, like, an office show. Those tend to translate. Yeah, because I was just going to say, like, uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be the same way. And even even more so because those guys are in a command structure. Yep. So it's real easy to say, well, obviously, Holt is the captain. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, the first officer would be Terry and so on and so on. All right, let's see here. I don't watch a ton of modern sitcoms, so we might have to go you back. You do old ones. I don't care. Yeah, I'm like I'm trying to think, like trying to throw myself a like I don't know, like Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> I would or love Horses. that just for Mister Furley as the captain. No, he'd be the admiral. Oh yeah, he'd be the admiral, like the or the commodore that shows up and like you know, like Captain Tripper's <laughs> got to hide stuff from him on the USS Regal Beagle. Uh huh. Which is named after Porthos. Uh-huh. The regalist of beagles. <laughs> yes. I was going to say horsing around, but now Three's Company's much better. Uh-huh. Um... Star Trek captains. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard think. of boldly going, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Uh, Let's see. I mean, I'm, Holt's a good I assume choice you're going captain. T- I assume you're going TGIF. I mean, I can. Let me think. That that's isn't that your mostly your sitcom wheelhouse. Basically, yes. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, 
Well, I'm going to put uh, Carl Winslow as the captain. Sure. And uh, Urkel as his science officer. <laughs> Let's see. Did he, did he do that, in fact? Oh, yeah. Oh, he invented okay. shit, so science. No, I was, I, what I was saying is, did he do that? Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me think. Um, what, what I would do, and I don't even know that show. I know that show secondhand through other sources. Mm-hmm. I would make him the science officer, and then I would make Stefan Urkel like the uh, bartender or something. That's not bad, but also then you could have him like get duplicated in a transporter accident. I guess that's true. Um, I was just thinking of like the most smooth position on the ship is all. Yes. Let's see. Like the Guinan. I'm going to have... Uh, hmm. I'm going to have the, the dad from Empty Nest as the uh, doctor... <laughs> Wow, empty nest. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh God. Uh. Let's see. So you're just casting across all sitcoms. I right? mean, you know, they're all all sitcoms yeah. I watched as a kid. You know. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I need a. I need a command. Or a commander. Um. Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Let's see. I think B. Arthur from Golden Girls. Oh, I was about to say, like, after you were finished, I was about to say, okay, now let's put the Golden Girls in, in mm. various. Ah, <laughs> uh, who do I still need? Security. Uh, a lot of them. Helms, Ops, or, uh, Helm mm-hmm. and, uh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You could do, like, a transporter chief. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna get, uh, Cousin Balky and, uh, <laughs> uh, What's his face? Larry as the uh, two guys up front. I I implore you to not be ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, who? Harry Anderson from Night Court as uh, the security officer. Oh shit! The whole cast of Night Court would work pretty well. Yeah, man. That's another workplace mm-hmm. like uh, sort of that has a hierarchy where it's real easy to tell who's in charge and who's like you know next and. Also, Bull as the security officer would be amazing. That's a good. That's a good call. Oh, and mm-hmm. also, I would have uh, Cliff from Cheers as the transporter operator. <laughs> uh, no. Funny thing about uh, Rising. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're dead wrong. I don't often say this because you're not, mm-hmm. but uh, you're dead wrong. Cliff is the communications officer that you cannot get off the comm. That's pretty good. Okay, Cliff. I got uh, Cliff. Okay, Klingons are coming. I Cliff, gotta I gotta go. go. <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you got? All right. And uh and Woody would be the transporter chief yes. and uh, lots of lots of uh lots of mistakes. Uh-huh. Oh jeez, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry I beamed your head on your ass and your <laughs> ass on your hands. Uh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. That's it. That's that's everything. Any final thoughts? Any any last words? Uh, any... It's been wonderful watching this show with you. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I, we're still doing it. Yeah. It's, it. That's that's why it's hard for me to think of this as the end because we're still doing it. I mean, it. yeah, just, it's just the end of this, you know? This is a different show that we like again, which is nice. So, uh, yeah, if you want to see the show notes or, or obviously download any of the previous episodes mm-hmm. or any of the, the bonus stuff, all the artwork, all the all the wonderful songs that Richard made for us over the years, all the stuff, and Brian made a couple too, uh, it is postatomichorror.com. That's not going anywhere. That will always be there. That will be the, the archives of, of everything we've done. Uh, there will be show notes for this last episode, the handful of, like, uh, uh, 
links and images and such that that people sent us. Um, and again, we are now reviewing Batman, as we've mentioned a bunch of times. Kids love Batman.com. Yep. Um, we are still doing Endeavor. It's on a hiatus right now, but it will return. And we have done a number of episodes. It's USSEndeavor.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, I suppose that's it. That's it. All right. Good night, folks. Goodbye. The Most Atomic Horror was a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2010 to 2021. Please don't sue us. We just did this for fun.